Here is a reminder from the American Medical Association. Games, games. Here's some games. Games that want to get out. See? More games. Don't pour sulfuric acid on your genitals. What are your qualifications? Ah, well, I didn't really are. I'm a graduate of Harvard Business School. I travel quite extensively. I lived through the Black Plague, and I had a pretty good time during that. I've seen The Exorcist about 167 times, and it keeps getting funnier every single time this I see This is the Nerd Words Podcast. You guys care to comment? What do you mean you like buying some On utilitymuffinlabs.com. Plus, I can't steal the comedians. No? Which comedians are you going to steal? Back! Don't. <laughs> <laughs> no. Don't fucking tell me what to do. Don't fucking tell. Okay. Yeah, I just had to tell him I wasn't going to be there tonight. Sweet. So it's it's been, what, a month? Almost uh, yeah. a little over a month since we lasted our podcast. And due to unforeseen circumstances. Like uh, re-winter. Right. Um, jobs, life, fucking. Things. You know, depression. Fucking depression. <laughs> So loathing. Nah, so man, there's, there's been some big things. So, like, for you know, for those who don't know, Nate's done some major transitions. I mean, graduating was huge. Yeah. Uh, then jumping into a big company like Apple, both feet, Holy while shit. trying to maintain his internships. I mean, this is <laughs> yeah. It's been it's been a little. It's been a rough month. Um, car shit, low money, you know, whatever excuses really. But you know. snowball things. Big people who get paid to do a, a, a podcast don't have to worry about because right. they got people right. to help them with all those sorts of things. Right. When you're doing it yourself, kind of, you know, yeah, they don't have to have another job. What the right. fuck? Right in the fucking worst time. Phones going vibrate, folks. That's rule number one of this fucking job. <laughs> so, anyways, yeah, it's been about a month, and not only has a lot of stuff happened in my life and your life, but. There's a bunch of shit that's happened in the pop culture world. Um, we have Deadpool that is overwhelmingly successful. <laughs> we knew that was going to happen anyways. We talked about it in February, but uh, yeah. It's, it's, like, it's now the number one Yeah, it's like the number one movie, right? rated R movie of all time. Right. Uh, Historical world yeah. breaker. And, and it's, it's, they've made more money than you could mint. So... They made so much money. I'm positive Ryan Reynolds is marrying is uh, mailing his soiled shorts to executives just because he can, right? Like without fear of what could happen to him in Hollywood. Right. He gets he gets uh, the amount of money they made from that movie. He has the amount of star power where you can kill prostitutes and get away with it. Yeah, they'll cover it up. You, you can don't... import people from other countries and just murder them, and they'll be like, "Oh well, we can't have bad press." Right. So <laughs> stupid, ridiculous. Money. Ryan, right, right. Yeah. Right, right, did that. Ryan Reynolds from Vancouver. Like our yeah. our Reynolds is it just oh. a random like Kurt Reynolds? Burt yeah. Reynolds is his name. <laughs> is his name? Kurt Reynolds. That should be our, like like if we ever do porn, we'll never do porn. <laughs> but like that should be Kurt Reynolds. <laughs> <laughs> In in a river runs through it, <laughs> <laughs> running through the river. <laughs> it's just terrible things. Um, we had Daredevil come out on Netflix with the Punisher, um, and we'll probably talk about that in most of the show. Because that's, that's pretty involved. It's pretty hot. Yeah, it's like a you know 12-hour session to watch it all in one sitting, basically. And we both did, I think? Uh, yeah, well, pretty close Just to about, one session. Yeah. I mean, started uh, like on a Saturday night, finished it Sunday. So Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, we also had uh, Batman v Superman come out, which neither of us have seen. No. Uh, although I have read every conceivable spoiler that you could read. Because uh, I didn't really care about watching it. Like, I'm not super into Not Batman. Jones and No, no, it's not. It was not on my list of things like, 
you know, with with the amount of comic book movies that come out nowadays, I have to prioritize and go, okay, that one looks good. I own the Hateful Eight. Yeah, oh, we you, and did, did watch you, it. You haven't watched it, or you oh, did? I've watched it. Oh, you watched it. I've watched it oh, twice. Great. I want to know what your opinion is because I watched it too. So fuck everything else. Let's talk about the Hateful Eight right now because <laughs> the Hateful Eight is a movie that. Um, probably did, it didn't it doesn't seem like it did a lot. There wasn't a lot of talk about it. You know, it kind of came out at a very bad time. I think it would ruin it if you talked about it a lot. I mean, Hateful Eight is uh, it's a western, yeah, uh, but it's a definite Tarantino film. Yeah. Well, I I want to know your opinions about it, but you know, when it came out, it there wasn't a whole lot of like acclaim. It came out right after Star Wars came out, right? So it was it was bound to get plowed over by Star Wars hoopla, you know, and. I like the Western genre. I know that you are at least 50-50 on it. Um, uh, 50-50. It's more like not. Like, I'm not I'm not a fan of Western. And the main reason is is because Cowboys and Indians never appealed to me because I was a fan of the Indians. Right. And Cowboys always win. I never understood why. And it doesn't, doesn't make sense to me. It's just how it is. The old leatherneck, 10-gallon hat, uh, rustling up some cattle, you know, eating some beans out on a trail. Uh, that never appealed to me at all. Mm-hmm. And for for every reason you can think of, I mean, to me, it's six shooter. You only have six bullets in one, six bullets in the other. I don't care how fast you reload, yeah. 12 Indians should win. Yeah. And they never do. Well, for me, the reason why I've always liked at least the idea of the Western genre, there's there's very few that I've seen where I was like, wow, ah, it was fucking good. But for me, it was always like the characterization. So I think I think ideally the Westerns I like are those fucking old Clint Eastwood, like a fistful of dollars, you know, a few dollars more, the good, the bad, and the ugly. That deal more with them being in town, having to deal with something. Right, and, and you know, that tension that builds, yep. and like, you know, the, the like, I don't really know about this guy. What's he going to do, you, you know, know? You know what? Actually, Deadwood. Deadwood yeah. did, did a lot of a lot to get me to turn around to, like, other things in Westerns, like, not so much as the main character, yeah. as the focus on how life went on. In so, that area. So the tough. genre of film that I've never liked as far as like time period specific films are concerned are the ones that deal with like colonial America. <laughs> if you throw or, or, or the colonial times period. So like the late 1600s to the early 1800s when there's like powdered wigs and the, and the fucking uh, stupid wooden shoes and shit. Like I'm not. Everything got real social and yeah, political. I, I, I find all Machiavellian. that shit. Yeah. I, I've, I've always found that stuff to be incredibly boring right but i like the idea of in a western in a good western there really isn't ever a good guy there's just a guy who's less bad and so i like that archetype that that kind of like is he a good guy is he a bad guy you know like it depends on where he's at at the time and what's funny enough morality of good and evil i was on um playing smite with with winners right Mm -hmm. brandon and we had some stoner jump in the party we were talking to was this last night this is two nights ago and he just decided to talk about good and evil Uh and literally chastised me tried to chastise me at length that there is no good or that there is a good and evil there's a definitive good and evil i told him i was like flat out do you think that if somebody rapes your wife that you should have rights to kill him and he was like, well, what? Well, what do you mean? I don't, you know, what do you mean? I was like, because in my opinion, if somebody rapes your wife and you kill them, you're a murderer. Right. He's a rapist. Right. There's a lesser of evil here. Right. Okay. And so whatever drove him to do that to your wife, your right. wife can live. And it's very difficult to talk about good and evil as far as morality is concerned when it seems to me, and this is my total armchair opinion, 
that morality is really driven by society. It's driven by what is right and wrong in that society at that time. Right. So stuff that was totally okay a hundred years ago may totally not be okay today. And for the record, I would murder the guy who raped my wife. Oh, and I feel like you'd be totally justified. I so, have I have I am not a person who advocates murder except in revenge. <laughs> look, right. It's that's the only way you can put it, right? Because right. you could think I never want to kill a guy. Right. A guy cut me off in traffic, I don't want to murder. I'll shout no. obscenities. I'll right. say I'm gonna do terrible things to his eye sockets after I pluck off. his eyeballs out. Whatever. It's shit talk because right. I, I don't wanna do anything other than get on with my day. I'm just pissed in the moment. Right. Right. But if somebody's going to do something where they're going to actually attack me and mine, or even it could be a stranger. That's the weird thing about me. I could see another guy haul off and want to stab or sock somebody else in the jaw. My instinct is to stop that from happening. Right. And that's weird guy I am, right? Right. And it's not, I don't know if it's anything good in me as much as it is like, I, I guess I control it. If right. I see you and you're in my world, I control that world. You don't get to kill anybody. Yeah. Because I don't know if you're killing anybody who's interesting. Right. right. You know what right. I mean? I don't know if that guy's funny right. as shit. You know? Who knows? But the point is, good and evil is a gray area. Yeah. No, absolutely. Uh, to me, the the defining factors of good and evil literally come down to which society is dictating it, which time of the world, which place. Right. You know? And so, in Westerns, the law was whoever can wear a badge and say, who, who basically, right. you, if, you could, if you were badass enough... To say I'm the sheriff of this town and here's some laws, right? Well, those will hold, right? Till the and, outlaw and comes at least, around. At, at least fictitiously, you'll find in a lot of westerns that those who are good now may have been evil before, right? Those who are evil now may have been good before, because the one the one thing that they I feel like most westerns do is put upon that it is a frontier place wherever you are, whatever world you're in, it's a frontier place. And good men can be driven to evil deeds, and evil men can be driven to good deeds. It just depends on time, place. A movie, if you haven't seen, you have to see. Is anybody listening to Bone Tomahawk? I haven't seen that. I think I've it's heard of it. It's a Western. It's exactly up your alley, and it's exactly what it's stuff, the stuff you like about a Western, that's in that film. 100%. And when you watch it, Yes, it's a horror film. I'm going to start off saying that. that but uh, it, That has Kurt Russell. It? Kurt Russell in it, yeah. <laughs> Kurt Reynolds. Kurt, yeah, <laughs> Kurt Reynolds uh, with the fucking Starring with the mustache. Gigging. Yeah, yeah so, so Bone Tomahawk, anyways, you were saying. Bone Tomahawk is like, because I don't want to derail from the Hateful mm-hmm. Eight, but Bone Tomahawk's a great film because of the Western time period it's in. And everybody you talk to, it, or everyone you talk to, everybody you see the main character interact with, like they got a character in there. I believe his name his name in the film is the cowboy, and he has a normal name, but they just call him the cowboy because it's supposed to be derogatory mm-hmm. because he's an amazing shot, and they all know he comes from a dangerous background, but they never get into that dangerous background. It's right. just he's a ladies' man and he's a man about town, and he's willing to stand up and help a man in need, and they even handle the, the typical Western fashion. Right, they have a town Native American. It's a guy who was raised. I guess orphan and raised in, in the town, but still is in touch with the natives, and they allow him to go back and forth, no problem. Mm-hmm. They call him in as an expert into what's going on, and when they do, you just get to watch people shit on him. And he turns around and shits on them just enough to where they won't lynch him. Right. And it's like, you know, you could basically it felt like this had to be what it was like, at least close to that time period. My mind kind of grogs with what was going on there, you know? Yeah. And The Hateful Eight 
more realistic, obviously. It's not a horror film, but it is a violent film. And it's it's tense. Oh, too. yeah. The whole time. Uh, um, I remember before I saw it, um, I had read a review where they they made a comparison between The Hateful Eight and The Thing, another Kurt Russell movie. And I was like, oh, what the hell am I going to go see? Like, I don't want to see some fucking... How do you compare the two? So, so after having seen the movie, I understand where the comparisons can be drawn. Because it is... It's, it's, for those who don't know, there may be some spoilers ahead. But for those who don't know, basically it's a movie about a bounty hunter who has captured his prey. And uh, that's Jennifer Jason Lee. And they pick up a couple of of people along the way they're going to Minnie's haberdashery because there's this big storm rolling in right? despite the blizzard right and kurt russell so, so the the blizzard the blizzard and kurt russell those are sort of incidental the 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 tension of not knowing you know the thing the the thing that the thing did was that you never really knew who the monster was there was like that accusation. It's like what we were talking about the other day. That movie that we saw where all the people are kind of in the circle. And you're not really sure like... The movie's called Circle. Okay. I, I, yeah, I wasn't sure what, yep. what, what it was called. But the, the movie's Circle. But um, like if anybody's played the game Werewolf. You know, you have your werewolf and your villagers, and you never really and know And not who the, the apocalypse. Like the camping right. game right, or right. group game. Right. It, it's, a, it's a team building game. Or mostly just a lying and stabbing people in the back game, right. which is what the hateful eight is. You never know who's on the side of good, who's who's the bad guy, who's the monster. You know who's there to help. Uh, what the hell was Jennifer Jason Lee's character's name? Now uh, I haven't watched it. You know the impression I got was that it wasn't a film about. A, you know, right? No, Kurt no, Russell right. is the good guy. Right. So is Samuel Jackson. Right. But. The film is amazing at showing... Tarantino gives you three-dimensional people, mm -hmm. realistic people. The main guy is a tough bastard, and if the badass of the film is the good, quote-unquote, good guy, right. that guy is good now. But as you said, he had to get good. Right. So he had to survive, basically, is what it comes down to. We don't know who he got into it with, right. or when he started his career being a bounty hunter, or if he even started being a bounty hunter. Like Samuel, Samuel Jackson did not start as a bounty hunter. Right. You assume Kurt Russell didn't either. He looks like a fur trapper, trader type of guy. He may right. have done that first, but a hunter nonetheless. And you can imagine that frontier life. There are situations that come up to where you know you go hungry some nights, mm -hmm. and you're in town, and nobody will spare you food. And you know, human nature right. is to take care of yourself before anybody else. So that being the case, how long before you took matters in your own hands and said, "You know what? Screw it. I'm gonna harden up, and I'm gonna do what I got to do to make sure that me and mine eat, or at least myself." Yeah. And survival is a factor. And you never break that habit. That becomes part of your moral fiber. Right. So in Frontierville, where I can run into a guy down the road, he can have a sack of goods, could have money, could just be clothes, could just be food. Yeah, I might shoot him and kill him if I'm hungry right. enough. The other thing, too, that, that he does with this movie is he he makes a really great effort to like bring attention to that uh, knowledge by reputation that you often find in a Western where... I don't know you, but I know your name. Right. And I know your name because somebody somewhere said something about what you've done. Yep. You know, and, and all the characters and, and some of the some of the negative reviews that I read when fuck you, you know, for writing a negative review. That's your opinion. <laughs> but some of the negative reviews that I read were like, oh, well, he spends way too much time developing the characters. 
And I'm like, yeah. in what world do you shit on a director for spending too much time developing the characters? Well, you can, in a film, go long with it. Right. And this like, is a long film. Like, one of the things I know is they spend a long time showing you the terrain they're crossing. And for me, listening to the guy yell, yeah, the entire time in the carriage, I was annoyed at first till I thought about the actor and how long he had to sit up there and probably bounce in that carriage, crack it a whip, nah, right. nah, you know, the entire time while they're talking. But right. we got to remember, Americans made Westerns. That's ours. It's uniquely ours. And there's some themes to it, right? In every Western, you're going to hear somebody cracking a whip on a horse and yelling, yeah, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's just sort of staples, right? Another staple, vast open shots of the land and terrain they're on. Yeah. Beautiful area, because it's trying to show you there is nothing mm-hmm habitable around here it's all frontier except for this town and they're they do amazing at doing that and they have to build that up but that's part of the tension you're talking about right. if you're aware of that and seeing what's going on and where they're at they're lost in the world for yeah. the first part for the part one they're, they're lost to everything actually up till part three right until they I, get to, yeah. the, to get to the actual uh haberdashery well uh, so part part one is kind of like the the journey to part two is like at it and getting into it because it's I'm not a, if you remember like it, it kind of takes them a while to actually even get into the place well right but one was introducing that he stops for samuel jackson right right and that was that and then they have the interaction they're talking that's him and samuel jackson right and in part two they pick up the guy from uh walton goggins right right yeah. and he's from justified yeah justified and he was in sons of anarchy and right he was in predators he played the fucking creepy guy that was from prison <laughs> he's always the creepy yeah. dude in he, some he, prison he plays he plays a creepy dude well and an amazing racist southerner yeah. <laughs> he's, he's an amazing racist southerner <laughs> which he wasn't justified as well right just a modern day racist southerner i guess you can get stereotyped and it's just <laughs> when it's when you're hot you're hot right and that's how it is i remember that being part two yeah and he Be- was in django Unchained as well also playing a racist southerner did he yeah yeah, was he, he part of the chain gang when he got to Candy State? Yeah, he was part of okay. uh, Candy's crew. Good old Candyland. <laughs> yes, he was. Now yeah. I remember it. Yep, yep. And then, and it's weird how Tarantino does that too. Yeah, well, he 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 picks like a like a group of actors and tends to use them. And and I I assume he probably writes a lot of those parts for those actors because he knows those actors styles their voices how they you right. know, can portray a character i was really pleased to see tim roth because tim roth hasn't been in a tarantino movie since fucking pulp fiction i think <laughs> so it's been a a long long time tim roth is an amazing character in the film yeah as always yeah great great actor great fucking and uh oh, what's his name um the guy who plays the horse puncher from reservoir dogs why can't i remember his name the horse puncher the this guy right here. He's pointing at a Reservoir Dogs poster of Mr. White. <laughs> and I can't think of his name either. I'm sorry. I can't. No, I Mr. Know. Blonde. Isn't it, isn't yeah, it Blonde? Yeah, it's Mr. Blonde. Mr. Blonde. That's, uh... uh. Oh, my God. We talked he, about this guy all the time. Brain fart. I don't even know. Can't remember. He's the dangerous psychopath uh, in Reservoir Michael Dogs. Madsen. Yeah, Madsen. Yeah, he plays Joe Gage, the horse puncher. And, and you know, like, he's aged... Like considerably, he's aged. Oh yeah, but like I, f- I find him even more menacing. It's like his his voice, like he opens it and it's like shattered glass <laughs> right. when he talks. You know, it's like Sin City. If you want a shocker, go mm-hmm. back and watch Sin yeah. City. He he played uh, Bruce Willis's uh, partner, right? A little shysty, mm-hmm. shady detective partner. Yeah, yep. absolutely, absolutely. 
Um, and then you uh, you have Bruce Dern, uh, who plays the Southern Confederate general or whatever. Did an amazing job at that yeah. too. Yeah, definitely did an amazing job. Well, well, to set that scene, when you get the the haberdashery, it's hopeless. I mean, literally, they're battling a, a storm that can kill all of them. Mm-hmm. They have to put these like was it four and a half to five foot pythons. They have to hammer them into the ground to outline the outhouse right. from the haberdashery and then run a line. Right, so they can find their way back right, to it. Right, in the snow, because they're going to be there for days, right? Right. And you've never seen that in the film. You always just assume there's a blizzard. That's why they don't leave. But these guys, they, I, I didn't know. I didn't know if people were going to take body breaks. I have no idea. <laughs> right. they, they don't, but you're under the impression they could. Or, right. or it puts your mind at ease that, oh, okay, it makes sense. It's to the barn. It's to the outhouse. Got to get to the barn to feed the horses. The outhouse to relieve themselves. Makes sense. Done and done. Right. Yeah, so you have... Uh, who, who else are regulars in Tarantino films? Um, the the dude that plays Bob. The dude... What's his name? Damien Bakir. He's uh, the, the Mexican guy. The the I loved that character. The, the, oh, the, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, and he's... Got any food? You like stew? <laughs> yeah, we got stew. You got food then? Yeah, definitely. Like that character literally put me like my mindset immediately went to the good, the bad, and the ugly because it was like such a like stereotypical character. He had everything except for the poncho hat. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and the six the gun, the bandolier yeah. pistols. He didn't have that, but I could see him with them. That's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. So all in all, pretty good movie. Oh yeah, yeah, I definitely enjoyed it. Um, I'd like to watch it with you. I didn't know that you. I I, I remember you saying oh, I was probably gonna pick it up, but I was like, oh okay, it's kind of like went over my head. Yeah, well, I mean, I knew you'd seen it. And yeah. I, I just wanted to see it, so I was like, yeah, I'll just fucking buy it. Makes yeah. it easier. So moving on to that, um, I still haven't seen Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> did you see Star Wars? I did. You I saw did. Star Wars, so so I haven't seen it, but it's out on Blu-ray, so. Who knows what the future may hold? I'll probably see it sooner than later because it's available to the general public. This, now. this Carlo Ren, I still am on the fence about. Kylo Ren, Carlo, Kylo, Car- Kylie Ky- Ren, Kylie. Then ma- online, I saw somebody refer to him as a chick. They actually tried to bill him on a YouTube video as 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 a, as a female. Uh huh. The female Sith Lord had him in there. I'm like, he's clearly a guy. Right. I don't get what they're going with, yeah, but he's, that's he's, a, probably some trolling. Well, I don't know if it's just trolling on purpose, but the, one of the arguments that he had on there was apparently in canon, there was a girl mm-hmm. that was kind of cast in his role. I cast it. That the writer, one of the writers wrote about in the role, right. but it's not really canon because they didn't use it. Right. So <laughs> I was like, eh. It's a pretty safe assumption to make that canon is what's in the movie. Right. And everything else is just shit. And I'll help you. It took me a minute to, to actually see it. They put in a film where everybody watches the film. If you're a layman to Star Wars, like me and me and yourself, myself and you, excuse me, mm-hmm. you and I, to be proper, um, you think that the Ren is a Sith Lord. Right. He's a bona fide Sith Lord because he's doing Sith yeah, stuff. Yeah, sure. You, that's what you think. He's got a lightsaber. He wears a mask. Yeah, it seems like a Sith he's Lord He's a to me. dark Jedi. That's what they call him. He's still a Jedi. He, that's what happens when you go towards the dark side, but you, mm-hmm. haven't, you haven't taken the plunge. Right. You're not wholehearted. I had a problem with that. They made the movie that way. They designed it that way. The first thing they said was that this guy killed all the apprentices in the academy. That's sorry. You're not a dark Jedi. Nothing. You're you're Sith. That's straight up Sith. <laughs> right, right. Like there are right. Sith who've never done that. Couldn't hope to have done that. Right. And you do it. Sorry. That's you're the same special. thing. That's the same thing that uh, Anakin Skywalker did. Right. Killed all the little 
little saplings. Your granddad, there you go. And then, like, the whole buildup is the fact that he wants to be Vader. Yeah. And we get that. And you watch in the film and you see him go through it. But the fact is, is that online, the pundits are all like he couldn't be Vader. Well, no shit. Yeah. Vader's been... Pa- he has to be birthed. Vader has to give birth to Skywalker, which turns around and... Or, excuse me, gives birth to Leia Skywalker. Right. Turns around with Solo as the kid, which is him. I mean, that's progression of life. You have to have it that yeah. way. But they're also like, well, Disney kind of messed up because a dark Jedi wouldn't do that. They're like neutral Jedi. They could use dark force or good side at their whim, but usually for the side of neutrality. Oh, it's, that's interesting that they probably read that somewhere in like some Star Wars role-playing game book, right? Right. And I, I was like, eh, I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, look, it, when it, when you come to uh, like a high space fantasy film like that, uh, you're not going to get me mired up in the minutiae. I'm just not going to do it. Buy a ticket, take the ride, right. shut your mouth. Right. I, I don't I don't care about all your side instruction booklets. And, and and you know what? And I I grant that same release from people that have never read a single comic book in their life. Right. They don't know shit about comic books. They don't know about the fucking eight different clones that Spider-Man had. They don't know about all the little shit that fucking Deadpool went through. They don't know about Mr. Sinister being involved in manipulating his DNA. And you know what? I'm not going to say a fucking word about it. I'm not going to go, well, you know, that movie, they didn't have Mr. Sinister in it because he was the one that technically manipulated. I'm not going to do that. Do you know what that comes from? It's people who... There is nothing interesting in life to talk about anymore. Right. Nothing. You can't even talk about politics right. with a level of interesting anymore because it's all shit. Right. And well, and a lot of times too, when you, I feel like people they don't want to converse and go, "Oh man, that was really great." Right. And go, "Why did you like it?" Oh, I like that too. What about this? Did you like that? I, Gotta be I feel better like, than you. Right. And and I don't think it's face to face. I think in most cir- circumstances, you can still have a face to face conversation with people and enjoy it because you're you're next to them you're interacting with them and at its heart most of the time you don't want to shit on them uh, i think some of our politics right now might be uh, countering my point but really i think the culprit is the internet i feel like people and, and especially younger people people in their late teens and early 20s if they get attached to something and a bunch of other people like it, suddenly it doesn't feel as special because it's not theirs anymore. It's not exclusive to them. People do not. Adults don't want to learn anything new. That's the bottom line. Yeah. Adults want to experience something, formulate their opinion, and that's their opinion. That's it. Yeah. And to change anyone's opinion doesn't mark them as stubborn. It marks them as an adult yeah. because an adult is a dumbass. Nine times out of ten, everybody. We uniquely are stupid. Or so Let me take that back. I won't be as harsh. Ignorant mm-hmm. about a lot of things. And so, because every day we're not around our peers to be able to, when you're in high school, when you're in the whole scholastic career, right? right, You're always around people. You can go, hey, did you know this? And then they're like, oh, no. In period two, he talked about it. And did you look at it this way? Because he showed us differently. Huh, I wonder which one's right. Let's go ask him. Right. There's none of that. Well, that sounds totally reasonable. What you just described, that sounds like a reasonable conversation. Can't do it as an adult. As an adult, every freaking day, most of your time is going to be just you. And, and and a lot of the times too, you have these people that have formulated concrete opinions about everything. Everything. They they they've etched their map out of stone, and this is the only path that they follow. And it's especially bothersome in people that want to correct you. That that want to the you know we've called them well actually. 
fucking hate <laughs> well actually people well actually people piss me off and the people who look at me like we're called man you guys are very opinionated yeah everybody is sure the definition of opinionated is that they have opinions sure yes yeah. we're not afraid to stand on our opinions is what you right. meant to say it is easier for someone to say and they always start this you know, i don't know for certain i don't want to make anybody mad um hey it could be wrong no you have an opinion about what you're about to say you don't need to put a neutral spin on it what yeah. it is is that you don't want to be wrong Right, that, and I, I think that's a more important distinction, because you know some people they don't want to offend you, you know they don't want to cause a conflict. They want to avoid anything that's crunchy. You know, yep. if it's jagged, they don't want to. And and whatever, that's your thing. That's cool. I can't fault you for it. It seems I will. To be, I'll fault you for it. And you go right ahead. Yep. <laughs> I, won't, I won't fault you for right, it, but right. to the person. No, don't... no. Hypothetically, I, I yeah, get what sorry, you're saying. Finish your point. But right. but. Um, my basically my point was like the people that have an opinion that they've they've they're willing to fight with you and not see any other deviation you know people that argue a point that's patently wrong or it's misguided but they don't care they're not willing to shift to any right. point or another and I, I you know for me I I was like that when I was younger. I, I think maturity wise, I grew out of that to some degree. I, I think I still do it sometimes, but um, I still don't have any problem voicing yes, my opinion. Yes, but there's a thing to note that you know it took me being a teacher from Microsoft, and I hate to stand in that crutch, but it taught me a lot more than I think I taught others. And it's one number one fact: everybody has a different way they want to be approached when learning. Mm -hmm. Every single person has a different learning style. It is very hard to be malleable and adapt to that. Right. But once you learn to adapt to that, you can have a discourse with anyone, challenge their opinion and beliefs, and reach a middle ground, or at right. least understand where each other is without right. getting heated, without being upset. That challenge is is to anyone. Yeah. Like if I want to, I have no problem saying, Nate, I think you're wrong, mm -hmm. and here's why. I gotta say think because that actually disarms you. Yeah. It disarms, and I do it on. You're the you're one of the only people I do it because they're type A personalities. You have to do that. Right. I hate to be textbook about it, but you have to. Well, and and I agree with you. I, I you know, I'm I'm a stubborn fuck. I, I I'm not saying I'm not. <laughs> what I'm saying is though is that there's an approach. Right. You know, if you want to be like, you know, I thought that, you know, this worked this way and the way you're doing it now or the way you said seems a bit off. And then it forces you to go, Oh. Yeah. And nine times out of ten, you forgot something. Well, yeah, and, or and, missed a step. And I'm finding too, you know, just in, in my sort of current path that there is a whole multifaceted way to approach people right? and engage with them and not make them feel like a piece of shit while you do it. Right. You know, nobody wants to feel like they're being made to be a piece of shit. You know, the, anybody that's that has evidence of contrary to what they think held to their face is bound to get defensive. Right. And their brain starts going, all right, now I got to duck and weave and I got to shoot a jab in there. How do I, you know, and... Going through my training process, one of the like one of the best things that I heard that kind of gave me some awareness was you don't want to go into a conversation or a situation where you you have to engage in a debate or an argument. Right. You don't want to go into that making the other person feel like they have to win. Mm -hmm. So you know, and it's it's you know learning it's, about shit like that. It's pretty cool. It's incredibly hard to do that. Yeah. It's in your nature, and they can't get out. Like, despite the corporate tools they give, they specialize in trying to motivate people. Yeah. And so because of that, they have to come up with these curriculums, spend millions and billions of dollars to get these smart programs together to get it to work. I'll tell you, one thing you will never take out of a human being 
is the fact that when you're an adult and on your own, you'll be goddamned anybody's going to tell you one way or the other about anything. So 90% of what they tell you isn't to prep the customer. It's to prep you. Right. It's to prep you to be calm, even-headed, be the person they're not, and take it. Do you know, do you know, do you know what the one thing that, that kind of makes me sad about my current job? What's that? I can't talk shit about my old job. <laughs> I can't I can't because they're a partner of the company yep. I work with. So I can't talk shit about them. It's okay, I will. I worked for them too. Uh, Sprint's a piece of shit. It's a big gigantic ball of shit. And and I think I think a part of the reason why I've had a, a very defensive personality looking back really comes down to the environment I was in. It was never a good environment. It was always a, an environment of like defensiveness and If if I can tell you the environment you're in, I don't th- I've worked for all black all, all black teams before, mm-hmm. African American, you know, and there's there's a click. Oh, I don't mean like that. I just mean I the do. Company. I do. I have a big fo- fo- take take the ride with me here <laughs> hey, real quick. I'm, I'm on board. when you're in that environment and you're white at all. I'm half white. Mm-hmm. I was always nominated as the white guy right. to have an opinion to speak for the world. And if my boss got mad at something corporate, I was suddenly the corporate guy. Who had to answer for it <laughs> right. because I'm the white guy. You don't know what it's like where we come from. You don't know. I was like, bitch, I come from where you come from, you know, to some degree. Now, I'll admit, yeah, I had a split multicultural lifestyle background. A lot of times I lived in privilege. By privilege, I don't mean money, but I didn't have to be in the inner city of Chicago. Right. You know, thankfully. Would have gone a different way for me. But my parents knew that and wisely put me where I was somewhere safe. It's not my fault that I had that opportunity. I didn't even know it as a kid, but I'm thankful for it. However... I did have to visit. I did have relatives I had to meet and see. I damn well know where they live and what went on. And when I'm in that environment and you walk in, they put you in that role of kind of adjudicator a lot of times. Right. You get to watch them and I watch them behave with each other like they're family. Like they literally make it to where they're family. But when you talk with them, you're not family. Right. Now, if anybody else comes in, now you're family. (laughs) Get how that works? Right. So you're like you're like on the outside of the circle. Correct. But if anybody else comes in, even in the company, to come challenge you, the wolf pack comes out. Right. Like you don't fuck with him. Right. That's like, our... like very very much like black sheep. Yes. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I I get I get what you're saying. I mean, it's not it's not an experience that I've had, but I definitely understand where you're. Where you're Why that's from weird that. to me is because when I heard that you were over there and you were dealing with that every day, that was a weighted stress on you, whether you admit it or not. Oh, oh, for sure. Because I'd see you come home and you would tell me stories. Certain you know racial things happened, and you were navigated fine, but you were cool, no big deal. And I'm like, wow. You know, yeah. I let it go because you're making your headway. Didn't bother you. I ain't gonna bring it up. Yeah. Well, it, d- it didn't bother me enough to do anything about it. But- right. But certainly... Is it wrong to have an all-black team? This is not a disclaimer as much as I'm saying it. No, it is not. It is wrong to have a team. It's wrong to hire people and call them business professionals that are going to behave like they're from inner city. Well, I, I think the one the one thing that I found to be most offensive and bothersome about my tenure at that particular location with those particular people was the the constant references to religion, to their religious beliefs. Like... If anybody knows me, and if you don't, I'll explain. Like, I'm not a religious person. I have no I have no give a fuck when it comes to that. I don't care. I don't want to know what you believe. I don't care what you believe. I don't believe in fucking nothing, okay? We are nihilists. We believe in nothing, okay? <laughs> that's, that's, that's the bottom line. But, but at the end of the day, like, I don't care what you believe. I just, I expect the same amount of respect that I give you. I don't draw attention to my belief or lack thereof. I don't call you out on your belief or lack thereof. You know, I don't want to impact you. I don't care. 
you know, my my personal opinions aside, at the end of the day, I just I don't I don't feel it factors into our job. I don't feel like it should be something that has anything to do with selling phones. I really truly don't. But when every third or fourth thing that comes from your mouth revolves around you being a Christian or I do this because I'm a Christian or I'm a Christian and therefore I do this. And I'm like, well, I do the same shit. The only difference is I don't do it veiled behind hypocrisy. And with this particular person, uh, who is not in any way a, a prime example of the company, it's just a manager that I had, I felt that she was very quick to make reference to her morality as a motivating force as to why she would do things. Right. But then her actual actions and activities, I found to be quite contrary to the morality she would talk about. And that was the kind of shit where I was like, at the end of the day, I don't have a problem with selling you something. If you need a product, if you need a thing, and I have a thing that you need, I don't have a problem selling it to you. You know, right. great, I got it, you need it, give me money and I'll give you the thing. But when I have to force feed you or manipulate you into taking things... That's crossing a line. Right, it, it, it grows tiresome on my, you know, on, on my... It grows being. tiresome on your soul. Right. That's the thing. And, you know, be a nihilist all you like. There's terms we could use where yeah. we all get what you're trying yeah. to say. I'm, I, and I'm not really a nihilist. Right. But, but you, know, I, I'm, you know, I'm an atheist. I don't, I don't believe yeah. in God. I don't give a shit. It doesn't, doesn't factor into my daily life. You know, I, I've often challenged that of a lot of atheists because there's a lot of our friends who I, I do know you influence that out of nowhere, they're atheists too now. <laughs> and I'm like, I, you know what? That's great. Just, right. just store it. And why I say just stored is because it's a topic with me where I think about it, and I'm like, am I a man of faith? I live down south. I've seen what faith can do. I've seen, I don't mean like I've seen wings spread on someone's back. I mean, I've seen people in terrible situations right. tough it out uh, because they had belief and they needed yeah. that belief to tough it out. Yeah. And I will in no way take that away from no. anyone who has that faith and needs it. Because let me tell you, on your darkest days when it's not there, you don't have to admit to me, I know these sudden atheists, oh, they'd be preaching to God. You know, I, I, Something I look at it, to come I, help them out. I look at it like this. I... While I may have been this way when I was younger, I am no way so brazenly full of myself as to think that my way is the only right way. Right. I don't think that. And I also don't think that the world would be a perfect place if everyone followed the way I think. That w- there would be some fucking problems. If, every- <laughs> if everybody thought the way I think, there would be some fucking problems. Strangely, there wouldn't be if everybody did that for me. <laughs> wouldn't be any problems in my neck of the woods, I just want to say. <laughs> but, but, uh, Human being to human being, I do not begrudge anyone what they need to get through the day. Right. What I begrudge them is a sense of shame for for those that don't live the way they live. And that, you know, it's not it's not all Christians, not all Muslims, not all fucking Buddhists are like that, but there's a good quantity. And to bring it back, and your boss is very much Jesus saves, God loves. Yeah. And everything. Mm-hmm. Every sale was because Jesus ordained yep. it. Every every new product was something God gave. Right. And that's, you know. And, and also, she's done everything. Right. So. But I want to remind you, you can't be bad about that. So there, there's a line here. <laughs> no. What I mean is, when you have a conversation and you go, oh, blah, 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 here's my thought process on this. Well, I did this for this many years. So this is why I think this. It's like, what haven't you done? So you're you're a psychologist. You're uh, by the way you said that, and by how I, folks, he's not exaggerating when he talks that way. 
that I've been, I had to get a phone from no, the no, store. I'm, I'm under exaggerating. Right. And I had to get a repaired phone from I'm, the store. I'm muting it. This woman has a dominating presence to her team that I don't appreciate it. I've been a manager for over nine years. I've been a corporate manager at that. And they pull you aside. And I promise you, if there was a camera from the people who trained her about how she's behaving in that store, they would fire her in a minute. Because you cannot have your employees following lockstep to your orders. Because who watches the watcher? And also, at the same time, talking about how, well, it doesn't have to be my way. You know, it could be your way. But not following that. You know, the worst type of people, in my opinion, are the people who give you false pretenses. They say one thing and then do another. You know, they demand this, but say, oh, it's no big deal. It's this. Just like Batman versus Superman. Yeah. No, I bring it up. I just bring it up because, granted, it ties back, but at the same time, I really feel that, that someone promises Batman Superman's going to be this way, and then you hear around the grapevine, you do a little reading, you see around, and it's something else. Yeah. You know? Like, my favorite thing about this, and it's not to, and it's no offense to you, we have, uh-huh. we, there are other podcasts where we talk about that at yeah. length, yeah. and it's not me trying to derail it at all, it's no. just me bringing up a point. You're, but you're right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay. So, uh, in Batman versus Superman... Which we haven't seen. No, neither of us have but seen it. But we have seen the comic where yeah. it comes from. And and when you read it, you have a certain expectation as to how this is going to go down. Well, I'm sorry. Which comic? Can I spoil this movie for you? I really want to spoil this movie for you. <laughs> you can't spoil it for me. Oh, okay. Well, here, then let me not spoil it for you or anyone else listening. So you know how we saw Doomsday yeah. in, the, in the trailer? Um, so, yeah, Superman dies at the end. <laughs> so not only did they... <laughs> Did they shoehorn like this, uh, you know, the Dark Knight Returns, Superman, Batman conflict. And then also they shoehorned in, you know, the Flash and and Aquaman and all these other characters coming in. They also shoehorned the death of Superman in there. So are they done? No, no, no. Because what they did was at the end with the casket and then the casket moves. So Superman's not dead. You know, like that that fucking horse shit. How retarded can you get with a, as a filmmaker when you... Okay, here's something that really made me mad, okay? Mm-hmm. I had read that when they were originally doing the screening of the final product, they wanted to put the comic books where the origins came from in the hands of the audience that's about to read it. Mm-hmm. And if people don't know, before they show a film, there's a select group that's invited to come see the film yeah. months before it's yeah, probably even years before it's even like that, yeah. released. And they want them to understand the movie they made. And they want to put that, and they were told absolutely not. You In no way are you going to put those comics in their hand. You want to see what it's going to be from a person's fresh eyes, from a fresh perspective of how this film is. The number one reason why DC cannot compete with Marvel in any way when it comes to film, in my opinion, that film cinches it. To put all that and rush it all into one in the hopes that you're going to get the audience to watch others. Right. You took mystery. You took build-up out. These are writer's tools 101. Yeah. You yanked it from the audience. You give us no hope. To, and to anybody who's already seen or read and knows the plot and background, what have you left them? Right. And, but, and, and also, uh, you know, there's there's some key factors that need to be addressed just in, in the presentation of these characters. Uh, and again, this is all from what we've read. We haven't seen the movie. Maybe we'd see it and we'd love it. But uh, one thing that I have a problem with is Batman killing people. It's huh. a problem I have because I, I, I don't know of any other precedent in the comic book history 
The only thing I could think of people. is that Batman's come from all the way back in the 50s, right? Right. You know, that's where he's come from. Like the start of Batman. Right. And I'm just spitballing. I don't know if that's the time when Batman was made, uh, but I do know it just seems like he came from that era, the idea of him. Right. Well, he's, he was invented in the 30s, but yeah. He's had to evolve sure. and evolve yeah. and evolve, right? The one thing I think about, that if Batman lived in our era and our time, let's say he came from, uh, we'll say, the 60s, mm-hmm. and Batman was born there and he lived in peace, love, and war, and he was trying these nonviolent ways, blah, 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 but he keeps watching the violence rise in the populace and rise in the populace right. and rise in the populace. I think even... Even he would be intelligent enough to realize you can't stem the tide. Right. If you keep throwing these guys back in jail, and then and now let's add people like the Joker. He's a mm-hmm. product of the world. Right. That's what it is. And that's his number one nemesis. How many jokers do you want to keep throwing back? Oh, absolutely. And I think that in that film they take big liberties. Right. And they're going, that's why Batman's now running around and ending people. Well, and 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 I only approach it from the precedent of comic book world. Okay, because yep. Thinking in, in every Batman movie, we'll go all the way back to Michael Keaton, 1989 or whatever, whenever Batman came out originally. Right. I'm pretty sure every movie or nearly every movie, Batman smokes somebody. Batman smokes the Joker in the first one. Right. In the second one, the Penguin gets smoked. Um, in the third one, I don't know, because those are fucking... Uh, the third and the fourth one, Batman and Robin and fucking Batman, whatever the shit, those are a little over the top. I don't know that uh, Batman killed anybody in those, but in, <laughs> other than his career, in the right in the Christian <laughs> in the Christian Bale movie, uh, a whole bunch of well, Batman Begins, a whole bunch of ninjas get smoked. Right, he blows up that whole fucking place. You know, a bunch of ninjas got killed. You, the the guy that they were trying to kill is a fucking bomb. He died. Right. You know. Whether it was by a lack of foresight or just incidental, like the audience didn't make that connection, regardless, Batman killed motherfuckers. I think there's a shift of gears. If there was any way it could have come out where he didn't have to kill him, he wouldn't have killed him. Mm-hmm. But the fact is that they left him no choice. Right. But in this movie, he straight smokes motherfuckers. Right. According to what I've read. I don't know. Maybe maybe that's just somebody's opinion. And, and I know people have a problem with that. And the one thing I could say to this, I myself personally mm-hmm. don't have a problem with it at all. And why right. I don't have it is that you got to grow up. And in the comics, when Batman has that moral code, that moral code doesn't work when translating into real life. It right. doesn't. Um, there's going to be people who the only way you're going to stop them is, listen, this is why we have wars. Mm-hmm. Because you can't negotiate that. I refuse to lay down my beliefs at all, and you're going to give me 100% of what I want. Right. Or I'm going to come take it from you. And your only recourse is to defend yourself. Well, by the way, if we reverse that side of the fence, you know what you're saying? Well, I refuse to see it your way. Right. Because I'm going to let this go, so I'm going to do whatever it takes to defend me and mine. Sure. And I can get behind that. Here, here's a question that I have. Uh, even more so, and and I, we've stated plainly on a number of occasions, I am not a fan of Superman. I think the character's <laughs> corny. I think it's outdated, and I think it's old. But if I'm going to go see a Superman movie, I have a certain expectation. Okay, Superman. If you if you want to think back to those bright old days and that perfect hero, that pillar that is beyond the reproach of all others. Superman in and of himself, he does not kill. Right. He he is the God who chooses not to lower himself to that. He 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 alone stands at that virtue. And when Superman's smoking people, I'm just like, this isn't a bright <laughs> character. You know what I mean? Like Superman to me, the reason why I don't like Superman is because I don't like bright, sunshiny characters. So naturally you'd think, well, you must like this Superman because he's dark. And he's fucking, he's brooding and, you know, occasionally he's got to kill a motherfucker. <laughs> no, 
because now you've changed that character completely. You've you've like wrapped it up in this fucking burrito shell of bullshit to present it to me. I think I think they tried to update Superman. I think you're right. I think even they realized it was dated. Yeah, that he had to grow up. That right. they, were, they had to they had to produce a Superman that went through a trans uh, a metamorphosis just as much as Batman did. Right. And Nolan's Batman, right? Right. There there had to be an update, and then they tried to do that. Mm-hmm. Now I think the updated Superman was fantastic. Uh-huh. It's a great idea. It's a guy who comes from a war-torn world who knows about his past. That war came to Earth. Right. He didn't mean for it to happen, but here he is. But he's a human, raised on Earth, raised in America. Right. And he understands what's going on. But he has emotions, too. He's just like a human, except he's a god. Right. Now, right. the one yeah. thing I know is you don't go tugging on Superman's cape. You don't go spitting in a wind, right? Right. And, it's, and, and here's the thing. If I'm going to be a criminal with a gun... Or an asshat with a super villain plan, and I'm gonna go fuck with Superman. I gotta remember one thing: he's the biggest badass walking on. Period. Mm-hmm. What if he decides to super punch me? Well, oh, I'm gonna die. Well, sure. I'm gonna roll the dice. He won't ruin his moral code. I'm the villain here. Well, guess what? If that genius uh-huh. decides that, wait a second, this guy is only not killing people because he believes I won't kill him. He'll he'll do all these laws and break all this stuff. Hmm. Well, I guess the solution is just to kill him. That so, that's, that, that potential's there, uh-huh. but they don't show anybody having that wherewithal because they don't. Right. Not every not every villain's going to have that thought process. They're just going right. to go, "I'm going to do what I'm going to do," and he ain't going to do nothing. He's a good guy. And so here's my here's my question. Um, and and this is an honest question because I you know I'm probably too close to the forest to see the trees. Do you think that Marvel has done any of that, like alteration of their characters to kind of like modernize them for a modern audience? I think they. I, I don't really see it at all. I think they've modernized it, but not in the sense of re touching anything on the origins of the characters in terms of at their core. They right. are who they are. Because and and this will bring us full circle to the Punisher Daredevil show. And to but but to bring this up, they've had to adjust. Um, the technology, the environments, the right. how they interact with one another, right. transition from comic yeah. to movie to, to TV show. Yeah. They've had to adjust right. there. To some degree, but um, I'm saying like intricately to the character's like concept. Um, you know, for instance, I, I feel like in a direct sort of comparison, you have the whole Daredevil Punisher scenario. <laughs> and the Daredevil is that guy who refuses to kill. And we, as an audience, get to see these two characters engage in conversation, right. essentially about what we're talking about in Batman v Superman, where you have one character who stands by a moral code, very heavily driven by his faith, by what he's seen, by what he's experienced, where he says, I'm not going to kill. I refuse to kill because I have this moral standard. I have this moral high ground that I sit on. And right. then you have a guy like the Punisher who's like your moral high ground is bullshit and it doesn't work. Right. And I'm going to kill people and you're just going to have to try and stop me. And that's what it is. You're, you know, a great example. He says, you know, you're a half measure. Yeah. And, and to me, that's, that's Marvel kind of being more true to, yeah, of course it's all fucking fan service. You know, they're making these characters. So the fans, the real geeks go, Oh, you fucking orgasm. But also there's a reason why, those characters still ring true 30, 40, 50 years later. Right. Because at the base of them, you know, the Punisher, regardless of whether he served in Vietnam or he served in Afghanistan, Afghanistan, right. It is, it is a, the character went through war, came home, family killed revenge. Right. Basic 
concept, basic premise. And they did alter, obviously altered that from right. what I had, because you had to make it a TV show capable. Yeah, sure, absolutely. Same thing, Daredevil. Uh, Dad was a boxer, went to Catholic school. Uh, Dad gets killed. He finds his moral high ground after this accident. And, well, you know, same same principles. The, mor- the moral high ground, what I think Marvel does, hands down, is that Marvel's the Tarantino of, of, of superhero films. They build their characters up. Oh, yeah. There's a fantastic buildup. Anybody can talk about the origins of all these characters and get them. They identify right. with them. Marvel's key thing and why they work is that they find a realistic thing that any Joe, working class Joe and Jane, can go, I get why he would do that. Right. I identify with some aspect of this being here and, right. and no problem. In no way can you identify with Superman other than him saying, I will always do good and no one will ever die while I'm around. Right. Great. Great fairy tale. Roll up another one. So I, I, mean, guess, I guess my question is, is DC kind of altering the concepts of their character because uh, they're in a rush and they have to get all these characters out to kind of meet the mark with with Marvel? They've put in print what's going on with DC, and the fact is, is that DC's warring with Hollywood. They're warring with Hollywood because they want their content to be true to what they wrote. Mm-hmm. They really sincerely do. And Hollywood's like, well, audiences aren't going for that. We're not looking to get a niche group of people at San Diego Comic-Con. We're trying to get the world. Right. And to get the world, we got to kind of adult your, your material here. Right. Which means we're going to make some grotesque alterations. And, of course, they got to stand up for their product. And what's going on is, is that they're not having the success that Marvel did. You know, that Marvel is. Right. Like, it's pretty much now the way Star Wars used to be, whereas that you can launch a Star Wars film, everybody and their mother don't launch a film down there. I think Marvel can compete. Oh yeah! If you said Star well, Wars, Star Wars Nine now, if Star Wars Nine was rolling around the corner at the same time, they're going to drop the next Marvel film. Right, you're going to have people watching two films in a night. Well, in in have there been any shitty Disney owned Marvel movies? No, no. I, I would say the closest, and and some may disagree with me, but I would say the closest to a shitty would be Avengers Two. I loved Avengers 2, don't get me wrong. Yeah. Was a, but there was, was some movie. stuff where I was just like, this seems a little rushed. And for the record, yeah, I think you're wrong. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, no, and <laughs> absolutely. Because, but, 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 but from two different perspectives, right? You've already, you've already outlined this, so I'm right. just telling you. That's, I, you said this already. There are people, I'm that guy you go, well, you didn't read every little tidbit there is. Right. But you get where it's coming from, you enjoy it. Yeah, I went and watched the film. It was great. There was right. no problem with it at all. Fantastic. The only thing I wanted them to change is how Doom came in and ends the... I wish the I wish they had Doom. Right. I wish they would have used them. I wish they had him. I wish they could right. use him. And the right. fact is, is that Doom's the one who stops that guy originally. And when he's not able to, well, what do you do? Right. You know? And, and they have to make that alteration. No, it's depressing. That's the one thing that I find depressing about uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe and Disney is that they don't own Doctor Doom. They don't own any of the enemies that are kind of a specifically tied to the Fantastic Four. Right. And while I don't like the Fantastic Four... I think they're kind of schmucky and not very entertaining. <laughs> they have really great villains. They have you don't Galactus. like mom's blue-eyed boy, right? <laughs> no, I don't. I, I mean, do I. I don't. I think it's clobber in time is the cheesiest fucking thing in history. It's cheesy. He looks like a brick of cheese. I kind of like the Human Torch, but that's just because he's a dude that's on fire. That's yeah, not and, like it's not but, a stretch. But the Human Torch kind of steps in the toes of Stone Tony Stark in terms of uh, uh, grandstanding, right? In right. a way, it is. You know what I mean? Like this you is can, another smart ass. But I know what Marvel would do. They, they would literally have it to where, uh, who's the guy who did Firefly? Because he's the guy who is involved with a lot of their witty banter. Oh, jo- Joss Whedon. Yeah, jo- I, yeah, Whedon would have designed it to where those two would have quips back and forth throughout oh, yeah, the absolutely. film. And you wouldn't even mind that they're there. And I already know it. And by the way, that guy 
is is the secret weapon of of that studio mm-hmm. as it is right now. Having him come in and, and weigh in is is huge. Yeah, because that dude is an emotional powder puff. You can watch him; he's super creative, but he feels his imagination is so immense that when he does these, I've watched three of his videos where he talks about the characters for Firefly and the audience. And, you know, identifies with him. You can watch him talk about the cast that he has. uh, Yeah. You watch the cast that he has. His cast is probably tired of him talking. (laughs) There's a couple of them that even roll their eyes when he's going on and on and like talking about his thing. They love him to death, though. They respect the world of him. But this dude clearly is someone who, let's put it this way. When Mm -hmm. you have someone who's a genius and is doing their thing. Right. You're not a genius because you're the smartest guy in the room. You're a genius because you're the guy who loves what he does and is passionate about what he does, regardless right. what anyone says. You don't stop for anyone. <clears throat> well, I, I think that's the other really... Um, the really big advantage that Marvel has over DC is that Marvel has a, a large sort of uh, group of creative people, funny people, and really dedicated people to what they're making you know they, they have a, a stable if you will of writers directors you know people that seem very passionate about these characters passionate about comic books in general and dc has Zack snyder <laughs> and as, to me i Zack schneider's made he made 300 i like 300 was he in saved by the bell no that's Zack. somebody else oh, Zach, okay sorry Zach, Doesn't Zach mean being Ryder? a schmuck. The main yeah, the main yeah. character was Zach something, but not. yeah, I don't know. I never I never watched Saved Every by the Bell. Every time I hear Zach Snyder, I think of Saved by the Bell. I don't know. It's... But uh, he's made a couple of movies that I enjoy. Okay, Three Hundred is one that I enjoy, but I enjoyed it enough to watch it once. The remake of Dawn of the Dead, I, I dug three quarters of it. Right. Um, the Watchmen, I actually enjoy The Watchmen. I think The Watchmen was a really good fucking movie, uh, and I've seen that a bunch of times. And that's one that he gets a lot of shit for. I think it's done well. I enjoyed it. Front why would back. anybody? Why would he get shit? I, you know how people are. The Watchmen knew nothing right, about. Right. Wouldn't watch it. It was a superhero film. Right. Had lots of plot and intrigue, and a three dimensional the character like the the Laughing Man was it his name? Oh, uh, the comedian. The comedian. The fact that he raped one of those characters and that was a dark secret that right. they had in there. Right. It, I applauded that director of being bold enough to break that ground. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I I think it's a great it's a great film, and you know I don't care what other people's opinions are about it. I think it's a great film, but. He also made Sucker Punch. Fuck. Right. He he made and and that, that movie film was a piece of that shit. That movie was one of the worst fucking movies that I've ever seen. And if you watch all of those movies, aside from but it was would, a great MTV video. Uh, it it was it was a green screen nightmare of if, shit. If you clipped it correctly, yeah, and put it to any pop if, song you want in MTV, right. you're if doing you, good. If you only watch the trailer. You've seen the only good things about that movie. Just watch the trailer and put put it on mute and play any song you want to listen to over it. Right. And that's all you need to see of it. Sucker Punch is a bag of shit. And a lot of his other movies are kind of shitty bags of shit. Um, and like if you watch 300, 300, it has this very aesthetically pleasing visual representation. Oh, it's a of, guy action film. Right. It's, it, if, you, if you go and wa- read the, the graphic novel 300... It's it's amazing, but it's almost a frame by frame remake of it. So it's not like he was breaking any new ground, but at that point he didn't need to. That was kind of a new and fresh thing. But all of his movies have that like this isn't taking place in the real world kind of feel to it. I always took it as, you know, he did, the comic was already made. So when the movie came out, and he was like, if you're too lazy to buy my comic, here you go. It's a faithful reproduction. It's a it's an incredibly faithful reproduction, but they've basically 
hung their hat on this one guy. And this one guy is all about like these fucking filters that make everything gray and dark blue. And it's just like, ugh, I don't want to watch this anymore. It's just fucking it weighs on my soul. <laughs> See, I think you're cursed. I said this. You and Brandon Wood, man, are cursed. And when you watch a film, you catch all the stylistic shots and the, the, even the lens they're using. Mm-hmm. I give two flying backflips. <laughs> right. I really don't. I, I don't care. I'm looking for, you know, can they act? Is the action good? Do I get what's going on? Do I understand what I'm watching right. here? Great story. And it's, it's going to be. And by the way, I will say that. Call it what you will. Do I do I share your opinions about Batman versus Superman? Yeah, to a fault. I yeah. haven't seen the film. No, and, and I'm still going to watch it. That's and, the other thing I want to emphasize. But here's too. the thing. Well, you and I watched the, the most recent Terminator. Uh-huh. Lauded is a piece of shit. Holy shit. Lauded is a piece of shit. Stop the fucking train. Terminator Genesis... Okay, so when that movie came out, uh, I saw the the trailers and I was like, "Oh, that looks pretty cool." Like, I see what they're kind of doing and kind of get a feel for it. And then it came out and everyone was like, "It is shit." And I was like, "Okay, well, I'll wait for it to come out on DVD. I won't bother spending my money." Right. You know. Okay, it's gonna be a piece of shit. How bad could it be? And uh, I just never bothered to give a shit to watch it. I was like, "Okay, I don't want to watch another bad Terminator movie. I'm such a fucking Terminator fan. I don't want to watch another bad one." And then I, I go over to my parents' house and they're like, "Oh, your brother brought this over, blah blah blah. Watch this." And I was like, "Sure, got Maybe nothing else to do." take that back to your brother. Yeah, too. I will. Um, <laughs> so, so you know, they throw it in the Blu-ray player and uh, we start watching it, and I, I was pleasantly surprised. There are some things in it that are a little like, okay, a little goofy, but is it the worst Terminator movie? No. I didn't even think it was bad. I mean, for no, fr- no, no. I, I'm, I like Terminator like no. I like, uh, what do you call it? Um, Bruce Willis films. Right. Uh, I forget them. Oh, uh, Their action Die Hard. Series, Die Hard. Die Hard. And, and, and don't take what I'm saying is like I didn't like it. Right. That's oh, not, no, no. I'm trying to emphasize the opposite. But when you watch the film, do they, it's time travel. It's a film about time travel and, an, and a super sophisticated AI outthinking the human brain and all the ways it could do. But what it is, is a film about the AI couldn't conquer the human spirit. Right, you know that's that's what that's what Terminator I feel has been about the entire time, was that mankind almost getting snuffed fine, but mankind almost snuffs itself with its own creation, and how do they counter that? How do they deal with that? And when you watch the film, you're not watching it to get some sort of solipsistic right. epiphany about life in the world. You watch it to watch robots fighting man right. in cool and sophisticated ways, and they give you that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You, you even get Arnold. You even get Arnold. I mean, it's... And and here's the other thing, too. You get Arnold in a way that... You that get a new Terminator. Arnold's old, right? We yeah. all know Arnold's old. He's fucking 67 years old. He has no business playing a Terminator, but it it literally required one sentence of dialogue for me to instantly go, oh, okay, yeah, I get it. That, that was it. Like, like, oh, fucking Arnold's old. What the fuck is up with that? Oh, because the flesh ages like normal flesh does. And, oh, and yeah, to, okay. to keep up appearances. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, that makes sense. So to blend into your environment. Right. So, so it's like, okay, well, well you know. but the, the In people, other words, it's like the outhouse in The Hateful Eight. <laughs> right. So what that did for me, that did for you when, right. he, when he said that line. It's like, oh, okay, I got it. Right, okay, one, one line of dialogue, all right, I got it. And and I think the actors did a fair job. Um, I think the guy that played Kyle Reese, I, I I always wanted to see Michael Bean, but he's old, right? He's old, and the way that my brain sort of like took this in was I have an idea of these characters already played by different actors. This is a time travel movie, and this is also a time travel movie that kind of starts to deal with alternate realities, right? And 
when I started to look at it like that, suddenly I was like, okay, so these are the same people. It's a very right. complicated plot oh, yeah, yeah. in terms of jumping around. But don't think about it. Just watch it for what they say, and that's it. Don't try to solve it. Don't try to figure out where they're going with it. Just watch it, see what happens, see what occurs. Note right. why they had to jump ahead and why dimensional travel across the... You know what I mean? Right. It's, they're not opening portals to rifts and monsters and no. shit. And, what and, it is, as they're talking about a computer, and, and AI, nonetheless, figures it out. Right. Man didn't figure this shit out, and AI figured it out. And that's a sci-fi hit, because it used to be the mad scientist designed this thing to do right. that. If they even update the genre and that the AI was created, because we're all about the cloud and cloud usage, right? Mm-hmm. Well, it, it, the AI is a cloud. Right. It's called Genesis. Yeah. And the world's on it, right? right. Everybody's on it. When, when Skynet gets to get launched, and that's the whole point. And when you think about it that way, that it is an AI that is on the cloud and is governant, they always tie it to where you yourself, again, Joe and Jane, mm-hmm. can go, oh, wow, look down at your phone and wonder, man, I am on that a lot. You know, that's kind of <laughs> right, weird. Right. Yeah, and by the way, the cloud services are ran by an AI. Has to. Is it Skynet? Fuck no. No. You could read the paper about what happened when they tried to launch an AI similar to Skynet in hopes that it would do self-learning. <laughs> the fucking Twitter bot. The oh, fucking my hologram. God. So, so at the end of the day, Terminator Genesis, uh, I waited until fucking just recently to see it, and I like it better than the third movie. Yeah. So, uh, you know, that says something. Uh, I, I wasn't like, oh, man, the third movie was great, but, you know, I had four to work with before. I had one, two, three, and then Terminator with Christian Bale, whatever that one was called, Salvation. And I didn't really care for Salvation. Um, so that Salvation was four. Number two was number one for me. Number one was number two. And that's confusing. And th- right. That's that's confusing enough in itself. But now I like this better than three. I think they did a better job and made more of an attempt to try to do something unique and different, but also something that still appeals to, uh, you know, fans. And it did fucking fantastic internationally. It didn't do shit here in the United States. but And it wouldn't. I mean, it's, it's typical. I mean, the, the idea is, is that Hollywood had you convinced that if you see a film in sequence that it's crap. You know, and that's what the big thing about Star Wars was, was that, you know, Return of the Jedi was, you know, amazing. Mm-hmm. Empire Strikes, you know, all those original three, that trilogy was, right. that's what drew everybody. Right. And, and and honestly, for it, it made a lot of people believe that you can watch a two and a three and it'd be okay. Yeah. But then you had shit franchises like, well, Friday the 13th. Right. Stuff, you and, know. And, 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 you know, the the one thing that's important to me, don't get it twisted. Star Wars is great. Okay. Star yep. Wars is great for a lot of people. It's still a fucking franchise, and no matter how deep in your heart you love it, how much it talks to you, it's still a fucking franchise, and the only reason that a movie studio would take a risk to make another one is if track record proved it was making money. Right. And I, I don't get that either. Like, I don't understand people who identify with a film so much it's a part of their spirit. Yeah. That it's just, it's just, this film is me. It says me. The expressions in all things, including art, but at the same time, you know, to me, it's the entertainment box. You know, you, you gave your money, you watched the show, the actors acted, the show's over. Right. You know? It's not like you went into... Like, I could get it if you went to go see Dante Alighieri's uh, uh, The Divine Comedy and you saw it in Italy, sitting in Italy's massive orchestrated hall yeah. and everyone came on stage and, and the top in the world right. uh, orchestra's playing and the best of refined, you know, operatic singers are out there and they're performing and doing whatever and you're saying that resonated with you? Fucking amazing, hands down. I'm embarrassed I wasn't there yeah. because that's a lot of talent coming together to make one thing. But movies? Movies... 
let's face it, is not that production. It's mm-hmm. a world of difference. I'm not saying it's less. I'm saying there's more substance in what that is because that's less more of – that's not going to make a billion dollars. Yeah. Okay, that show. But you're right. showcasing people's lives dedicated to an art form that you get to see on stage. Right. It's just a difference for me. Well, you know, movies affect everybody differently. You know, it depends on when you saw it, who you were with, what that, you know, it's, it's, it creates a, like a benchmark in your life. And I get people's love of Star Wars. I don't necessarily uh, agree that I don't have that as well. It just I noticed doesn't... you don't have your Jedi braid, though. No, no, I certainly don't. I now you never... know the people I'm talking about. Right, right. No, absolutely. And <laughs> and and it's it's like any subculture. Any subculture is going to have fucking nutters. Okay, they all do. There are those that just take it way too fucking far. Um, but at the end of the day, it's a movie. It's there to make money <laughs> off of you, and hopefully, they've done something to appeal to you. Right. You know, and and as long as it appeals to you, great. You know, love it. Get a, get a Terminator tattoo. I'm not going to do it, and I fucking love the Terminator movie. First off, there's one company that Disney better hope never gets the rights to shoot a film. <clears throat> it's Bioware. <laughs> if Bioware makes a Star Wars film, it's going to break records hand over fist. It's going to end what you know about Star Wars in terms yeah, of I, what they have going on. I think they should they should uh, do do like a Star Wars series and animate it. You know, yep. uh, but just not let Bioware do it. do it. Right, exactly. Let Bioware do it. Don't do it in like that kind of goofy Clone Wars kind of animation. I right, care just take it. Roll the dice. When there's a, it should do this. Yep. Episode nine. There's a year off before two years when they make another one, but that next year, Bioware version yeah. of something we're, that happens. We're gonna in the we're gonna have a Star Wars movie a year, so you know we're gonna have the episodes, and then we're gonna have all the little offshoots, the fucking Rogue Squadron, fucking. Now, I'm blah, not blah, saying blah. That, that the SWOTOR, Star Wars, the Old Republic MMO, which is what I'm talking about, they made videos to promo this thing. And it's a, sh- there's a short movie you can see on YouTube right now. Dude. And it is epic. And, and to I don't watch. know. I don't know who did the. Do you remember the commercials for um, uh, Elder Scrolls Online? Yes. I don't know who did those. Those are amazing. I wish that was the game we got. It's that not, shit was badass. If, if it was. We'd be playing it right now. That's, there would be no podcast. That's, that's that's the effect, right? But I think I think what goes on is that's the reason is that you had marketing like they have the ability to spice it up and do whatever. But I'm like, if you have the ability to spend time to spice it up, then just make it the film, right? Just well, and, and the and film. Most of the time, the people that actually work on the games are not the ones doing those. You right. Know, the, I know. The, yep. the, right. So, uh, but for those who don't, you know, the the it's not like uh, Bethesda or whoever, you know, whatever other little offshoot of Bethesda that did. Uh, Elder Scrolls Online, they weren't animating those. They basically were like, here's some script ideas. Here's how we want this shit to look. Here, company that does animation, make this happen. Right. They go, make it happen, bring it back, and, and Bethesda or whatever the fucking company is goes, yay, we like it, or boo, it's shit, fix it. <laughs> but they're, it's just the disparity. I hate that. The cool thing about what you were talking about was that those were actually in-game cutscenes. Like, oh, yeah. Those weren't just like a preview, you know, we're going to lure you in, tickle your balls and trick you. You know, they were actually cutscenes in the in the game. So. That you could watch right. as much as you like. And the, thing, and the thing about it is it captures everything you like about Star Wars. You had, you had the apprentice master effect from Jedi and Sith. You had the effect of a scoundrel mm-hmm. of what a soldier was like in the Star Wars universe. Um, I think he even had uh, the the Han Solo type, the sm- uh, smugglers. Yeah, yeah, I think Scound already said that. But it's all in there. Even the bounty hunters are in there. Right. And when you watch it all in this short film, in literally a span of fifteen minutes, 
you see what could have been stretched into a film Dude. that everybody would have paid 20 bucks yeah. to own. I, I know when that game came out, like before that game came out, when, when there, there was trailers for it, like I was psyched. Like I'm not even that big of a Star Wars fan, but if you have a room of, I keep saying that, like I'm sorry Star Wars fans, I keep shitting, like I'm not even that big. I like Star Wars. We'll just put it out there. I like it. I don't. I'm not stupid about you're it. You're a fan. You're not a nutter. Right. Right. I'm. I'm a fan. I'm a fan, primarily. But when those trailers came out, I was like, dude, it's fucking like a hundred Sith and a fucking hundred Jedi. Oh, yeah. Like that's the shit. Like look at all the red lightsabers. Like oh my god. Like I was, you know, I was fucking stupefied. If they make a movie like that, um, that is gonna be ridiculous. It's on. Right, it's going to be insane. Because I am sad that there's so much... I'm, I'm sick to death from watching, here's 10,000 stormtroopers in the same <laughs> suit of armor lined up shooting red lasers Yeah. at four people. <laughs> right. And somehow four people only get hit in the arm, and they, and they got to still fly a plane out of here. My biggest issue with the Star Wars mythos, if you will, is that it essentially relies... Uh, or, or Not relies, but it focuses on like six people in a galaxy full of far away far a galaxy far away and thousands of years of jedi like what about all that shit back there right like, are, are there is there nothing interesting that happened up until there was two sith lords and luke skywalker like it makes you believe that until the skywalkers were born there was nothing going on yeah not, not a fucking thing it's, it's ten thousand years of boring bullshit <laughs> Which like, is which is garbage. When you get into the video games, I know it's not canon, but they have stuff like the Mandalorians. I think some of it is. That they, well, cool. They had they had the Mandalorians. So they talk about getting defeated. That mm-hmm. they were an alien threat that looked just like human beings, but were badass warlords, and they had to be put down. Mm-hmm. They had to stop these guys, and that's when the Jedi were up in the council and blah blah blah. But you don't hear about that. Right. They don't give you any wins to get behind anything. Right. And at the same time. They don't give you enough depth with the dark side. Yeah. To, because my favorite thing, and Game of Thrones does this beautifully, is it gets you hooked on a character. And you're watching this character, and you watch it become a son of a bitch. But that son of a bitch is birthed through some terrible shit that happened to them from somebody else. Like They had to twist and become something else to survive right. and thrive. They didn't get the option. And if someone's becoming a Sith, don't knee bow on the barrel. Yeah. Pull the trigger and give it to me both. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's and, and they don't do that. I think all the important developments with the majority of the characters in the Star Wars, uh, you know, multi-trilogy features, they all the important shit, like what happened with fucking Luke Skywalker between him losing his hand at the end of Empire Strikes Back and him being a Jedi badass at the beginning right. of fucking Return of the Jedi. You were supposed to go and buy all the books and the comics you know, and everything else that. in between. I'm not doing that. And if you get all I'm that... I'm not going to do homework. Then you'll know. Right. I just, then you know. But, but you don't know? I don't know either. As an audience member, I'm willing to accept it, but at the same time, I want to I want to know, like, where the fuck... What happened? Like, how did this transformation occur? For me, in order for Star Wars to be really, truly interesting to me again, the story needs to stop being about the Skywalkers. I need to, We need to be done with them. We need to either move on forward and explore the fucking galaxy with some other people somewhere else. Which I think they're going to do. They right, have to do. Right, right. That's it, what, it that's what 9 like and 10 have to, to be. They have to pass the torch. Right. And I think that's what's going on. Solo died to allow this chick to be the new Millennium Falcon pilot, whatever. Right. Chewbacca can be immortal. I mean, he's just iconic, and some other guy in a suit can do it. Right. Um, that's. I mean, I hate to shit on Chewbacca. But, but I, I really want to know history. Right. I really want to see the cool historical shit that happened. And I'm hoping Disney does that. 
I'm hoping they take and they're like, cool. You you saw where he came from. You saw what happened to him. Right. Here's his growth. Here's her growth. Right. And we'll and we'll go with that. But when it comes to people like uh, Snope, right? No idea who that is. My fear is that Snope, which is the Sith Lord right now, okay, that Snope is going to be just some dude. There's going to be some dude. Some, some boring Cause, shit. Because the world has hyped it up to where it's Plagius. Right. It's absolutely Plagius. Right. And the reason being, I had to look it up. I was reading it today on purpose. Meaning, of course I read it on purpose. I was reading it on purpose. <laughs> um, I read it because I was like, what's the big deal about Plagius? He was the only Sith Lord to figure out how to use the Force. Is it GIF or Jif? I don't know. <laughs> to, to, manipulate, to manipulate life. So he could create life with just the Force. And so the question became, how did he die? Mm-hmm. Right, and allegedly in the, uh, the I forget the the number or the order it's in, but where Anakin falls, he's being uh, wooed by the Sidious. So the was it the third one? Might have been three? the third one. It's either two or three, whichever. Someone where he's about to fall and he's afraid of losing Padme and the baby. Uh, They're sitting in the opera house. Yeah, is either two or three. They're sitting in the opera house, an iconic scene for it, where he explains who Plagueis was. And how, you know, yeah, I, you know, the apprentice of Plagueis poisoned him. That's how Plagueis died. And I was like, what idiot thought that would work? And I was like, and I hope to death that that's who Snope is. Because if you're Plagueis and lauded as the wise, by the uh-huh. way, that's his title, Plagueis the wise, Sith Lord. Seems a little odd, right? Right. But he would be the wise if he knew so much about the dark side, he easily knows how to manipulate these guys. And to get them away from him, right? Right. Or to survive it, to go to other things. And you got Carlo, Kylo, Kylie, Ren, whatever. <laughs> you got this Ren guy who's trying to step into Vader's shoes. And what it looks like, they're billing it as, Vader wasn't enough. He didn't fit the bill for this guy to come back full stage. He didn't fit the bill. He wasn't who he thought he was. Great Jedi, had power, but he's looking for the advanced version of him. And that's who Ren is. And he says in the film, and it made me fall in love with the film, in other words, by reading this stuff. But it saddens me I had to read this stuff to fall in love with it. Mm-hmm. I had to read where it says, and I quote, he's a dark Jedi on the fence because Plagueis won't take him as an apprentice just because he's done some bad shit. That's the thing you got to realize. You got to train to be a Sith Lord. There's some shit they know. And we're not just going to hand out red lightsabers, Okay. He didn't help him. To a pouty face and some blonde spiky hair. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) This cat said, construct your own lightsaber. Don't come to me for it. Figure it out. And the lightsaber you see a Carlo Wren use, whatever, why he has a cross hilt, is because it's a faulty gem that -hmm. he's using in there. He, He figured out through like some old Sith holocron thing he had or some way to construct it, but it's barely stable, which is why you got the crossbar and you have the sword. Right. Which is a pretty cool, right? Versus the Jedi. Luke Skywalker consulted the Force and magically created his own off of a design of Obi-Wan Kenobi because he had his lightsaber. Now, geeky, into it, yes. But you know what it told me? This Plagueis guy is looking for an apprentice to jump through hoops to prove to himself that he's worth the knowledge that Snow has. And the number one flaw of uh, Anakin Skywalker was he still wouldn't kill his son. He wouldn't kill his son right. to embrace the dark side fully. And right. because of that... Not worth his time. So he let the emperor do what he did. And I do say let. And this is my theory. And I'm willing to go with it. Mm-hmm. Because if it's not, I'm literally going to shit in the theater in my seat. <laughs> I'm going to drop trown shit in it. Because it's bullshit <laughs> that this dark evil dude behind the scenes whatever 
great character to bring back in the film, even better, they let years go by where no one even hinted at this dude except for one film, an obscure moment in the theater that they could have cut out the film, but now it's justified that it's in that film because it lays the seeds, right? Right. For him to come in, and he says at the end of the new one, bring him to me. We can begin his training now because he kills his dad. How fucking amazing is that? Right. Now, that's amazing if that's how it falls in place. If it's anything else... Don't sit next to me in this theater. <laughs> well, I might not have a choice but with assigned seating and all. <laughs> right, it's true. Hang on one second. Kind of like I'm holding you hostage right now. You're going to edit this out later, but... uh... First place in the mayonnaise race. Dickie sipping. You know what baffles me is that we have people listening from Europe. And strangely, there's more people in Europe that listen to this than not. And it's strange because it's cool. I mean, it's really cool. I wish I could meet a lot more people from Europe because I find that they're a little more refreshing than the average. You know, people say the, you know, sides, what is it, the grass is always greener? Well, no one ever mentions about the other side of the pond. And uh, as it is, and that's a European saying in and of itself, but I find that they're multicultural as hell with history and substance. I mean, some might say I sell 400 years in the United States of America short, but I say that we we kind of did to ourselves. I mean, there's not much to us. I feel even a all time high of uh, financial and futuristic advancements, and they're only going to get worse as we become more and more robotic and more and more eager to follow someone and their success. Ooh. I don't know what that little message was, but I appreciate you for it. It was just me talking. No. Oh. So uh, speaking of robotics, do you see the Asian porn thing? Oh my God! Is it the thing that you showed me? Yeah. With the VR goggles yeah. and oh my god. Yeah, so I don't know if I'm ready to get into this VR porn thing. I don't uh I mean I I hope that porn adopts it because that's technically that's usually how technology kind of you know gets picked up, you know, especially like video-based technology. Uh cuz I think the idea of virtual reality is really cool. I'd love to, you know, immerse myself in something and 
a way that totally cuts out all the distractions. But I don't think I'm going to participate. I, I, I like the old-fashioned way. I, I think. Uh, yeah, I think. Are we talking about masturbation right now? Like the old way? We of, may be. Okay. We may, we may be. So I want to say, first off, I'm going to start this out so we don't lose any listeners, meaning uh, before you run away screaming from, the, from this podcast, there's two type of quitters in the world. Those that said they don't and those that said they quit. That's the thing. Um, it's a thing that's attached to you. It's, uh, it's something that you've experienced your whole life. You don't have to tell me when. You don't have to tell me how often. But one <laughs> thing you can't tell me is that you don't. Yeah, everybody does everywhere, all over the world, it's at all the, times. It's the elephant in the room. You just kind of let him sit and eat his hay. You know what I I'm don't saying? know that I've ever met anybody that's like, oh, I don't masturbate. Like, I don't know. I, I've met them, but after that phrase, usually that takes care of it. Yeah. It's like, don't even give me your horse yeah. shit. Don't, don't lie. You can, you can admit it. I've been. It's usually some muscle head. Like, if you go out... oh. There are places you'll say it where people try to impress the ladies, and they're like going, "Oh no, man, I'm too honorable for that. I don't, I don't have to, man. I get, I, I get trim all the time. I get pussy enough. Yeah, you do. Uh, oh, great. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Who is she, by the way? Right. And, and and beyond that, I've been in a few relationships myself, and uh, I masturbated throughout all those because it's not the same thing. It's no. not at all. It's like a maintenance. Yes, that's the best way to put it. I think if uh, animals had opposable thumbs, you'd see a lot more than you like to admit. Yep. Just saying. And, and let's be totally honest. There are times when your partner's just not down. They just don't want to get down. And you're like, ah, fuck it, I'll rub one out. Right. You can make it an issue or you yeah, can go take care of your sleeping, own thing. so I'll jerk off. Take care of your own thing. By the way, there's sometimes that you uh, were a little selfish in the bedroom and she's going to handle her business. <laughs> right, right. Or you're at work and she's at home or she just, her hormones hit her right and you know, she feels weird about it, but she's not weird to go in the shower and take a longer shower, you know, bath, whatever you call it. Point is, Japanese VR porn, let's, let's take the Japanese out of it. Oculus Rift, uh, Microsoft HoloLens, these are amazing right. breakthroughs that are coming. But Oculus Rift is not new. No. I don't know if you it's know been that. A while. It's, been, it's been around for a while. You remember the Atari Jaguar? <laughs> I do remember it. They had uh, an accessory, and I'm almost positive it was this, so I'm kind of pulling back in my gray matter here years ago, um, decades ago that you could put on this headset and it tried, you could play like only three games that they had for it where they were kind of messing around with VR and it was kind of shitty because it was really like you were looking through, um, what do you call it? A scope, right? Like a scope of, uh, a submarine. Yeah. Like you're looking through, here's the world, but you really can't well, interact with it. They've been do much steady with it. trying to fucking perfect that shit for a while. Well, now the Oculus Rift's supposed to be a lot more interactive. Yeah. But I've done research on the Oculus Rift, and so far I'm not too convinced. Yeah. Because when it talks about people being there, there's like these special games they have for it, but it's not like you can drop down and pick up the game now and use it. Right. They're, they're still working on that shit. Now, Microsoft HoloLens, they did it smart, as they often do. Now, let me let me coin this. Worked for the company. I still love Microsoft. I still plan to go back to this company when I'm able, um, when, you know, things align. But the fact is, is that HoloLens is a breakthrough because it's a computer. You can right. Whatever you can do with your computer, you can, HoloLens enhances it. And, I mean, the ability to put on lenses, right? And, by the way, they're not some bulky thing. It's really going to put on these lenses and they're going to sit in your head. Obviously, it's where they go. Right. And you can turn around and work on your projects and move around your uh, desktop with your hands right. right where you're at. You're going to look a little weird to everybody else who don't have the glasses. <laughs> but the fact is, you could be, I believe it's up to 75 feet. Well, at, at some point, all of our technology, I think, is going to be wearable. Uh, you know, our, our personal computers, like every company now has a watch, right? Every company has a watch that works with your phone. Well, eventually... that. 
those watches are going to eliminate the need for a phone. Are are being able to because like voice voice command technology at at this point right now is like ninety five percent accurate. Okay, but it's not a hundred percent. But once no it gets kidding. there, once it once it gets there, once it gets to that hundred percent point, uh, I think eventually we're going to lose these phones, and our technology is going to be glasses. Like we've already seen the Google Glass. That's just kind of like a first iteration of which by the way google glass is amazing and and you know once once people start demanding that once your life is so demanding that the act of taking out your phone and looking at it to engage with your internet social media text messages phone calls and it's going to get there once it becomes a a bother to do that it's all going to be wearable Glad you said that. I'm getting, I was getting a little preachy in it, but the, the fact is, is I want to, I can't sell enough. What you said, yes. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about a breakthrough. A true breakthrough has to yeah. be an enhancement to your life, right. not an exception. Right. And so I feel Oculus Rift is an exception for how you play a video game. Yeah, for sure. It's not an enhancement to what you do. Yeah. And I've played around with it. Um, I don't know if it's, it's the like specific one, but basically the one where you, you hook your phone into it and basically it gives you, you know, all this 3D stuff. I played around with it and it was cool. Yeah, but it wasn't something I was like, oh, I gotta have this. I I didn't feel it's absolutely cool, but they have to break from this is gimmicky, right? So you can see yourself using this, and that's where the fucking comes in. <laughs> that's that's the sad part. That like, took my breath away. Right, I was like, I, okay, that that's that's legitimately where you know, like, look at look at like Betamax versus VHS versus DVD versus Blu-ray. All these things were adapted by the porn industry for inter- a new a new way to consume your media. Right. You know, porn jumped on VHS. VHS beat out Betamax. Porn jumped on DVD. VHS has gone the way of the fucking dodo. Uh, porn jumped on Blu-ray. Because if you remember, when Blu-ray first came out, there was another uh, type of, of media, and the two were competing. One was HD DVD, and the other was Blu-ray. Yeah. The Blu-rays came in blue cases. The HD DVD came in red cases. Porn picked up Blu-ray. HD DVD went away, gone. Can't find an HD DVD anywhere. Um, and you know the next thing that you know, nobody's going out and buying porn videos. Nobody. If right. you are, you're you're fucking behind the times. There's fucking Pornhub, YouTube, RedTube, whatever. Um, but Nate's got them all. But people people always want to find <laughs> new ways to pretend to fuck. Right. You know. When they make robot fuck dolls, like porn, you know. Let's talk about them. that. If you had three grand to blow, would you would you ship away for a lifestyle, a lifelike robot that you can bring back? with well, robot, a lifelike doll, a fuck doll, yeah, and, and have it kind of kicking. Okay, if I only had three grand, no. Let's say you had thirty grand. <laughs> you had thirty grand, and all your bills are paid, all your responsibilities were taken care of. This I, is chump money. I don't know that it would be the first thing that would come to my mind. It's not the first thing, but answer the question, Dodger. I don't. I don't really think so. No, you wouldn't. No, I don't really think so. Okay. Now, I happen to know that I heard it said that somebody would. Right. I'm not going to name names, Winters, but some people said <laughs> that they absolutely would have that, and it would be great. They'd have some usage out of it. Now, I I expect if anybody, he that guy, sure, absolutely. Now, now having said that, if the robot fuck doll that I was spending three thousand dollars on was like. An android from Blade Runner. Yes, I, I'd probably flop down three thousand dollars. Have you seen these? No, I have not seen them. Yes, it is. Well, then I don't. 
it is what you're talking about. I am speechless. Like I looked into it and why I looked into it was because I'm a grown ass man and I could look into whatever the hell I want to. Mm -hmm. And I'm checking it out. A little defensive there, but only because old Bob thought about it. And I sat there and uh, some, I I chickened out. (laughs) I had the means to, I was looking at it. I thought about doing it, but can I, I, I didn't chicken out in the way you're thinking. Right. I'm a grown man. If I want to fuck a doll that looks like a woman and is legit straight up, I'll do it. I will fuck that right. that woman doll all I like. Um, there is something that uh, clicked in me that terrified me. It's the same reason why I could never have dolls in the house when I was a kid. I'm too much of a horror film fan, so much so <laughs> that looking at a lifelike doll, I'm... God, I've never said this. I never said I believe in the spirit world and all there is. Right. What if... It, what if that dog could get possessed? And then I thought about it. What if, like, my dad tried to talk to me? You know, like, dad's passed, whatever. Let's right. What if something weird happened? And this is the humor side to me, by the way. And I was like, man, what if your dad was att- attached to something, but he can only be attached to something that you have a phys- You know, my DNA is a descendant of his, and then I use this doll. <laughs> and so my dad can talk to me through this doll now but i gotta be like dad i helped this doll you have a very vivid fucking imagination yes and i saw there's no way i can go through with this but then i said i won't fault anybody for doing it and then i thought about it more importantly i would think it'd be this is why i want people to have the power to decide where their taxes go i think it's more wherewithal to give people lifetime sentences in prison um rapists pedophile what have you have them get this lifelike doll and put it in prison they don't get conjugals but they get like twenty minutes with the with the with the jerk off doll in the corner. Just get that aggression out, hump away, like yeah. take care of it. Yeah. You gotta let the dog finish. You know, you need whatever, whatever takes the aggression. Out. Why I say this is because that's the only way I could see that shit selling. And the sad thing is, it's one of the biggest markets there is. Yeah, it's an amazing market that apparently some guy you're, some guy some chick's dating somewhere, some, or actually some some chick some dude's dating. They don't need you because in their closet is something way better. Than what you're thinking. Yeah, I, I think I think that fuck dolls would be great for the world. I, I honestly do. I, I think that uh, it would cut down on uh, a lot of uh, rape. I think it would cut yeah. down on a lot of uh, people. I think that there would be a hell of a lot less reproduction, and I think that's always a good thing. I think it would calm it down. Yeah, it would calm it. It wouldn't down. replace sex, but in places where it needed to be, in the more educated areas where you know people. You know, don't need to fuck, you know, imagine, imagine your guy travels a lot and you're all over the place and, you know, you miss your wife and whatever, and you do your sexing, you do your dirty talk over the phone, but you're thousands of miles away from another world away. Well, you unpack your fuck doll, do lay think, it out. Do you think there'd be people that would be like, you can't fuck the fuck doll because you're cheating on me? Um, Yes. There are people now who believe that if you watch something... Yeah, if you watch porn, you're cheating. Dude, if you jerk off, you're cheating. That's And that's just a man or woman. If you if you feel your mate, spouse, fuck buddy, whatever is cheating on you when they masturbate, you're crazy. You I'll tell you what I've told a partner help. before that if that's the case I'm cheating on you, then you can never tell me no. <laughs> right. That if I'm in a mood, that's that, and that's right. then I don't want to hear nothing. You don't love me because you're masturbating. No, I I love you, but I also have to poop sometimes. It's just a natural release. I've got to take care of Dude, it. Dude, I'm telling you, I'm like as a guy, even if I've heard women just the same. Like first off, let's bust that beer. Yeah. We're equal. Yeah, I don't. In I terms don't think of how horny we get, between. men are the only horny ones. Go fuck yourself. No, we know it's not true. Science has proven it wrong. There's so many people prove it wrong. Women have busted this and have come out and said, yeah, yeah no, it's, it's correct. We're equal. Yeah. So that said, I know for a fact that there have been a lot of partners that I've had. They've done their own diddling and handled their business. <laughs> you know what I mean? 
Because whenever you have a Supreme Antin on the phone, I'm en route to drive the 15 miles to your house to see you, and you're flush in the face, and you're fresh out the shower, and you're now right as rain. I know that release. <laughs> right. <laughs> I know what occurred. Two things. Either you took some weed and smoked up in the bathroom while you were showering, or the shower had some benefits. <laughs> you know, one of two. One right. of the two right. cooled out your testosterone, rolled it down the notch, released the right endorphins in your head to get you to be an even kill and put up with my shit. Yeah. And whatever I did, vice versa. Uh, and this is something that I started doing once Once I was like in my mid-20s. If, if I'm going to go uh, see somebody and I'm fairly positive that there's going to be sex later on in the encounter, I, I'd jerk off beforehand. That's that's just to get that fucking first one out of there. You're just helping out the punks in the world who are too eager to jump at it. Yeah, right, right. Slow it down. Gentlemen, if you haven't heard this before, jerk off first, then go fuck. Appreciate the time you're with the lady. Treat her right, hear her about her stuff, and you know, if you're lucky, you'll have it. If not, you won't feel you won't get mad right. because you took care of your needs before you got and there. And if you take care of your needs before you get there, you're gonna last longer. That's a little secret too. And now we are officially rated X <laughs> on this podcast. Just FYI. This is just mature. There's no X rating because okay. we don't actually get to see fucking. Oh, uh, see it. Okay. Yeah, we yeah. haven't made any weird noises. No, I, don't no, start. No, I'm not. not okay. That's appreciate not appropriate. It. That's not appropriate for this podcast or any other. <laughs> Unless it's a porn podcast. They got, there's got to be All porn right, podcast. All right. So I'll cancel the donkey then. We can yeah. get that no, out. No, no. Right. You don't have to cancel the donkey. Okay. I mean, let's not fucking <laughs> jump into shit. I was going to say because sombreros and ponchos are expensive these days. So I'm just, <laughs> you know. All right. So let's, let's wrap this up with uh, our brief Daredevil review. Um, I'm a huge fan of the Punisher. You are a huge fan of the Punisher. Massive. What, uh, what did you think about the Punisher? The Punisher and Daredevil is going to shock. Well, my opinion, it shocked me. I watched it. I was like, man, I really can't. This isn't my castle, but it is a castle. Mm-hmm. And that's what I said. And the moment I made that distinction, my Frank castle is cold, is ruthless, is emotionless. <laughs> right. he, he is death itself. He is, he is a... He is the only response to the disease that is crime that you can possibly have. He is the one deterrent and he doesn't, he's judge, jury and executioner in an instant Mm -hmm. and he'll do whatever it takes to have it because that part of him died. They cared about that right and wrong. Yeah. And what actually right and wrong was cemented with him. I should say when someone took it upon themselves crime to kill his family and didn't kill him. And there's, there's a cool thing with it, too. And also, my Punisher had a moment to where he was proven in battle to where he should have died and kind of snapped. They never, he never talks about it. They never address it. There's something in death that wouldn't let him quit. There's something that woke him up and got urged him forward, whether it was a subconscious, whether it was something right. cool in Marvel, what have you. This mystery was there. And they don't answer that mystery, and I appreciate them for that. And that Punisher is a living terror. Now, this Punisher has the potential to grow into that castle. The one you see in Daredevil is showing you how this soldier can lose his family and come back into the extremes he goes and what he'll do. And you will fall in love with him. You will cry when you watch this show at certain parts. Um, you, will, you will more than feel for him. You will more than feel for him. You will root for him. And when you root for him, I think that's the Punisher that they had to make for a TV show. Yeah to like it right and that's that's my take on it i uh i feel like with uh with this punisher um i definitely get the impression this is a and, and um credit to to daredevil for this because the first season of daredevil you you see matt murdoch as a daredevil 
but not quite as the Daredevil, becoming what he what we'll all classically understand as the Daredevil. Right. And I feel like they mirrored the first season with the Punisher in this in this season, where this is a Punisher who's just starting to punish. You know, yep. he, just like Daredevil was just starting to Daredevil, this Punisher is just starting to punish. But he's still incredibly violent, and I feel like uh, <clears throat> the first couple of episodes where we had the the Punisher in in the series, they show you the aftermath of his violence. They show it very well. They don't show him committing the violence. And I'll say I'll say like this: by the fourth episode, and this is a spoiler, but by the fourth episode, the Punisher is arrested. And I was like, well, that's a fucking letdown. <laughs> like, we're not going to see the Punisher anymore. Uh, that pisses me off. Because at, at this point, like, I was fully invested in the show, but because of the Punisher. I was like, you know, this is this is what I've been waiting for. We fucking talked about this shit. We've, like, oh, yeah. we've, we've talked about it like we want to do this. Like, this is what would be cool to do. And so he gets arrested. That. Right. So he gets arrested. And I'm like, ah, man, it's fucking going to take him out and then switch fucking gears to Electra, who I could give half a fuck about and uh they don't and i feel like they use those episodes to showcase the aftermath of his violence yep to then show you how truly violent he could be in a fight that you and i both we, we both know about oh, there yeah. is there is a fight and it is it it is fucking brutal it's probably one of the most brutal fights i've ever seen in a tv show and I think it's it's better than the the, the hallway fight in the so first good. in the first season, which was a great fight. This one is like that fight, but with knives. It's, oh yeah, it's fucking brutal. And you know, just like you you had said, like when it, when that shit happened, I was like, I can get behind this Punisher. I can get behind this Punisher because the Punisher is violent. Tom Jane did an amazing job playing the Punisher. Just as an actor. Yes. But the movie was not, it, it wasn't up to snuff. Okay. Punisher Warzone was so comically violent that it went off the edge in the other direction. Exactly. This one, you get to hear him talk a little, and it's a little much, but again, we're, we're, just, we're just being introduced to this character. And to be fair, he does act like a person who's killing that part of his life. Right. Like when he talks, it's like everything's in the past. Right. Everything is like that part of him's gone. You know, this, this, that's who I used to be. Right. It's becoming, it's, it's him becoming, it's him basically settling in. And I, I, I think that there comes a point in the middle of the series where he goes to court, right? And he finally says, fuck it. Like you had that maybe there was a little bit of him teetering on the edge. Like maybe this guy's right. Maybe I am too much maybe you know maybe 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 but then he's like you know what fuck it this is who i am this is who i'm always going to be and you know they try to make that case like oh well he's insane and this is why he did that and he was like i'm not insane there's nothing about me that's insane right i'm choosing to do this and you are belittling everything i've done by trying to pin you know an excuse on why i did it no i did it because these scum deserve to fucking die and if you're a fan of daredevil I've heard someone say this, that it pissed me off because this wasn't about Daredevil. It was about like the Punisher and Elektra. And I was like, you're, you're not looking at this. And, and it's a comic book. Right. And in the Daredevil comic book, it was and, about and the it's characters. Co- it's a great portrayal of correct. a comic book. Correct. And, it, and in Daredevil comics, these people entered his Hell's Kitchen, as he put it. 
and they're doing whatever they want. And it's him trying to stop it, trying to calm it down, trying right. to keep the violence to a minimum. And my God, Frank Hansel enters, and it's a guy he can't just stop. And he tries, for the love of God, he tries. Oh, they beat the shit and you out can't, of each other. You can't just, as he calls it, exchanging hands on a rooftop. Right. You know, that's this castle. I was like, you literally beat the shit at each other, and that was exchanging hands. Man, that was this right. dude's the beast, right? But it wasn't until they have that scene that it's, and by the way, it wouldn't have been Daredevil if you didn't see the Kingpin. Mm-hmm. And when you see him, and when he's played, you, yeah. my God, watch this season. And it, it was great, too, because uh, usually in trailers, they fuck things up, right? right? They're like, they're like, yeah, yeah, hey, look, here's a little Kingpin. It'll be in the season. I was under the impression from the trailers I watched, Baron Kingpin's done. He's he's a lost fucking whatever. Well, maybe years down the road, they'll, they'll mention him. Nah. Kingpin is still there. Kingpin's involved in Spider-Man. He's involved with Daredevil. He's yep. involved with the Punisher. Yep. Um, he's involved with, uh, what you call it, uh, Jessica, whatever the hell. Uh, yeah, uh, Jessica. Because through, through Luke Cage, Iron Fist, all that crime yeah. that happens is attributed a lot to Kingpin. <laughs> yeah. And he is like a supervillain. He's like Doom. Yeah. Well, he, he's, he is a local supervillain. Uh, and and I I appreciate deeply that they didn't just sort of like, meh, all right, well, we're done with the Kingpin, fuck off. No, the Kingpin is just as important to the outcome of this season. I, I wanted to he, talk to you about something. Yeah. And I'm sorry if it's Jessica Jones, Jones, by the way. I don't know why we... Right. I'm sorry for ruining this, by the way. Uh, I don't care if it's a spoiler for people. I'm super excited to see the scene uh-huh. where Matt Murdock goes to talk to the Kingpin. You remember that? Yeah. Where he's sitting across from him, yeah. and then he tries to daredevil his ass, yeah. and a kingpin just through brute savagery beats his ass just enough, yep. just enough to let him know that shit's different. Right. You ain't you ain't gonna win like you did last time. Right. And 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 we we know from the comic books where that kind of leads, because at the end of that interaction, the kingpin's like, "I want all the information on this Matt Murdock," because there's no fucking reason that okay, yeah, your dad was a boxer, but. I've killed motherfuckers. I've killed hardened criminals with as hard as I beat your ass in a jail cell. Yep. Hmm. Something doesn't fit right. And we know in the comic books that results in basically the Kingpin trying to expose the Matt Murdock alter ego from the daredevil and Matt Murdock having to fucking play even harder, like to keep that shit under wraps. This season was all about the trouble Matt Murdock has in being, having to divorce daredevil from who he is. And he has to become one in the same person. Right. He can't, he's got to stop deviating. And why I like that is because to the same conversation I had with this guy about, you know, well, it's not really daredevil. He's not in it. It's all about him. But Kingpin is daredevil. Punisher is a part of who daredevil is. Cause Punisher right. <laughs> represents his dark half that like Punisher said, you're one bad day from becoming me. Yeah. I, I can't even yeah. say how that, that right there is ends all arguments. Right. That's the exact reason Punisher exists in there. And Electra is this poor guy's choice in romance. It's, right. <laughs> it's not his fault. And her ass is fucking dead. Uh my only my only disappointment with that was that it wasn't fucking Bullseye that killed her. Uh that is one character I'm sad they haven't introduced. I'm sure they're saving it for later. Because because Bullseye is is a kingpin ju- is a kingpin employee right but and he's very to a lot of those storylines he's very very important because he is like the 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 evil fucking side of the coin to Daredevil like there's so many interactions and you know but hold out 
for people who think that he's not coming, I remember Kingpin's coming to his own too. Oh yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. I, I, we will see him. Yeah. I have faith that we will see him because it's such a good character. When it's written right, it's such an exceptional character. We're going to see him somewhere down the line. Uh, but it's just kind of sad. Like, oh, man, we didn't get to see Bullseye Killer. But she died. And that follows the logic of, of I'm not, I'm not, I don't give a shit. If you're this far in, I'm, I'm spoiling shit for you. But no, it's not that. What, I, what I'm saying is, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, she comes back, of yes, course. Yes, okay, good, course, good, yeah, good, good, yeah. good, No, good. I, I, I know my, my daredevil. I, she's dead. And, and they even, they were like, here's the big fucking egg thing that we bring people back to life in. Right. Wonder where she's going. Right, exactly. It's the, it's the young Electra that they're showing you become the psychopath. Yeah. She becomes later on. Yeah. Where that happens and how they're going to, and, and sorry, you're going to see her again, try to be with Matt Murdock because it happened in the comics. Yeah. We try to bloom that romance and deal with her. Yeah, don't worry, ass. she's coming back. <laughs> it's going to happen. So, um, and I think the season was really cool too because it had all those little things for us fucking you know comic book fans who've read Daredevil, but it also had an abundance of fucking ninja fights, tons of fights, tons of ninjas I getting was, their asses whipped. I, I was so sick of watching ninjas, dude. Like I, I would. Here's here's how I watched this this season of Daredevil. Uh, Punisher's on screen, kick ass. What's happening? All right, a little bit more story development. Punisher being a badass motherfucker. Uh, ninjas. All right, what's on my phone? Ninja fight's over? All right, because I just don't care at this point. But I know why they put it in there. They want they want to still appeal to that, like, superheroes fight. You can't have it all be deep fucking philosophical conversations well, they have the, the Well, number one, he fights ninjas. I mean, right. the hand does come yeah. to kill Daredevil, and, and they're, they're not going to stop. towards that. Right. You know, they got the Iron Fist coming. Jessica Jones and, and Luke Cage. So but I also think they did that because I wouldn't be shocked if they stopped doing that. Like, you won't see ninjas. You'll just see the assassins. Right. From that point forward. Like, I think they did to build Daredevil's credibility that he can go a long time fighting a bad right. dude. Right. They they, they want to show, okay, this is a bad motor scooter. He's going to beat the shit out of all these bikers. He's going to beat the shit out of all these fucking ninjas with swords. He is justifiably an actual superhero. Right. You know, because I'll tell you what, fucking dollars of donuts. You you put him up against the fucking uh, Hawkeye or whatever the fuck his name is, Goldeneye, motherfucker from the Avengers. Oh yeah, Hawkeye. Yeah, yeah. I, it's fucking terrible. Uh, I I like Daredevil's whooping his ass. Yeah, eight fucking times. Oh, great, you got a bow and arrow. I, I block it with my rattan stick and I fuck you up. <laughs> like Daredevil, well, Daredevil is more of a caliber of superhero than. Hawkeye is if he were on a team like the Avengers. I would challenge it because Hawkeye is also a covert black ops specialist. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I think his intel on Daredevil and knowing what he could do with what he could do, I think that'd be an awesome fight to see. I like Hawkeye in the comic books. I don't really care for him in the movies. I just don't, I feel like he's, Actually he's like the guy, I, and, and you're entitled to that, but I just, I feel like he's, you know, and, and they kind of even showed that in, in Avengers 2, like, right, there's a god in my house, like, I got a family. Um, just a normal guy who lives on a farm. Like I just happen to be good at archery. Um, so I don't, I don't hate that character. I just, I feel like he, he doesn't deserve to be there. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's just a guy who's got a fucking bow and arrow. And I think they've done their job. Marvel. I feel to my soul that the reason why they threw Hawkeye on the team and why he's there above anything else is to remind them of what they're fighting for. That when you're there and Hawkeye steps up, that it's, 
it's the human spirit that these guys, Hawkeye's no different than any other specialist good guy in an armed forces soldier as capacity for the United States or any nation that would step up to defend this nation against any threat. He really isn't. However, he is ace number one, hands down the best on the planet when it comes to aiming, archery, things like that. You know, he's, he's super dexterous. I mean, this guy is phenomenal. And that does entitle him to be an Avenger because it is a far cry and above anything anybody else can do. And beyond that, number one thing it takes to be an Avenger is to, of course, lay your life down for the planet. That's right. what it takes and the willingness to work with a team. And that's why a lot of times he's on the team for cohesion. Oh, yeah. I, I, get, I get why they have him in there. I, I just don't, I don't feel like he deserves it. He just... <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean... I fucking in the first Avengers, like he was thwarted by a pointy stick. Like, you know, he's just a normal human being. And, and you know, hey, I still like Hawkeye more than I like, I don't know, Superman. So there's, there, there's something there. I like Hawkeye more than Daredevil. At <laughs> a Marvel, Daredevil is one of the least favorites of mine. That's, that's fair. Uh, I, I, uh, I have to, I have to admit my, my geek heroes like in the comic book scenario before, you know, all the Avengers movies started coming out and Incredible Hulk and stuff. Like I actually, before the Avengers movies came out, I really didn't care for them. Like I, I never really cared for Captain America. I was always into Spider-Man. I was into Daredevil. I was into the Punisher. Uh, I was into the X-Men, you know. So the, like those were mine. It's only like since those Avengers movies have come out where I've been like, oh, cool. Yeah, let's go back and kind of re- you know, explore that, but I definitely, uh, I could see why someone wouldn't like Daredevil. It's kind of a whiny bitch. I just feel like, you know, just like what you point out with Hawkeye, like what's super special about him? Like, oh yeah, the senses of whatever, you know, you're Mm -hmm. defeated by an air horn and loud noises. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? You're defeated if somebody figures out to bureaucratically pull your disability check. Well, we're going to live Murdoch. Life sucks. Let's, let's be fair. You know, in, in my, in my life, I like the, the superheroes because I really like a lot of those guys' villains. Yep. I, I, I almost like... I like Daredevil's villains more than I like Daredevil. I like Daredevil because he screams so well when the Kingpin steps on his back. <laughs> I like Daredevil because when the Kingpin picks him up and slams him around the room, that's me slamming him around the room. <laughs> that's why. I like Daredevil because when he goes to sleep at night, I allowed him to live one yeah. more day. Is that is that why you like Venom and Carnage? Yeah. Because fucking Spider-Man gets... Routinely so hurt and beaten, and so people good. get around him, get killed. It's the same thing. I got, I like Spider Man old school, and then I kind of got lost when they started with all this bullshit clone shit. And for those of you who are young, uh, there was a time where Spider Man was completely unreadable because there was clones of Peter Parker, and it was just this fucking awful nonsense. Beyond the radioactive spider, it, it was point. it was just fucking it was jump the shark comic book edition. It was it was bad. Uh, I haven't read Spider-Man since, actually, but in in my day, it was Carnage and fucking Hobgoblin and fucking Venom. And- I stopped reading comics when the Infinity Gauntlet came on came into play. Yeah, yeah. When I came around and I saw that it was Thanos had killed the entire Marvel universe with that glove, mm-hmm. and I looked at it and I was like, I'm done. <laughs> I'm so, done. So, what are your opinions on the on the, the the, the ramp up, because it's going to be the Infinity Wars, you know that's going to come into play. When it comes into play, 
if it comes to play and when it comes into play. The aspect is I'm hoping they're done with the movies at that point. At least for what for for what they're doing, like the Avengers will be done when that happens. You know, this is this is yeah. Most most likely, point. most likely, what's going to happen is at that point the Avengers are going to change to a completely different team. I would assume, uh, being that it's a movie and it's a franchise. Yep, they're going to continue it. Um, but you know, at that point, hopefully, it's with a, a new a new team with a new set of heroes and stuff like that. Thanos is a eternal, if I'm correct, and he has the Infinity Gauntlet. Or he wants the Infinity Gauntlet yeah. to end all he life. He will have it, you know. To end all life in the universe. And right. with that gauntlet, there's nothing you can do to stop him. Right. And wh- he, why does he want to end all life? Or him? For his girlfriend. Yeah. Death. Yeah. Right, right. Uh, who knows what they're going to do in the movie? Uh, we're, right. we're a couple of years away from that. I, I doubt they're going to follow the exact... I'm hoping they don't. Line. I think if he has a cameo, if you're just seeing how they thwart him from doing it, mm-hmm. I think Galactus and the fan was it the Fantastic Four they had to deal with Galactus. I think it was. Yeah, Galactus is that a Fantastic was, Four. Band. He's another cheesy fucking. I don't need to see that. Um, Galactus is uh, he's the world eater, the ender of all, no. Let's stop it. He's the reason Silver Surfer got his power. Yeah, that's it. I'm, I'm, we don't need to hear him. <laughs> I like Galactus, um, but I don't think it's like uh, I don't think it's like something. Do you know it's he, it's an end game bad guy. I saw Galactus the same time I saw Volt or uh, Transformers. Mm-hmm. You know the big planet that runs around had to eat stuff. Yeah, yeah I was like, absolutely. "Oh, look, it's Galactus." Right. And I was like, "I wonder who ripped off who." And, and understandably so, it's it it gets into the a bit more of the wonky stuff as far as uh, comic books are concerned. When you start getting into like you mentioned, Jump the Shark. Those right, are the Jump the Shark right. moments uh, for me. I, those that stuff is my least favorite aspect of comic books. I've always been a bigger fan of like. This is a local story. This is not a yep. intergalactic tale, um, you know. But I, I think a local intergalactic tale was done well in Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes, they shocked me. Like I said, in these movies, they got me to love that stuff. Right, and they it, got it, me to like it. Yeah, and it's stuff that I don't normally, I wouldn't even enjoy in comic books. Uh, you know, like you're a giant sentient talking robot that wants to kill off all people, and you make a fucking city fly up into the sky that stuff in comic books i would be like this is fucking boring put to a film right it's a different tale it's it put, it puts that badass actor voices a man right. that you can't it's a different story and and then suddenly i'm like <laughs> giddy right <laughs> it's ruthlessness it's like our villains have to be brutal and ruthless to justify why these superheroes are here right why they are there and i just i just feel that in dc they have to make Something Dolly said great mm-hmm. was the fact that DC's number one flaw is that all their villains are so powerful and, and broken and left field. Right. That you, it's ridiculous to even think why they should even worry. Yeah. Like, how did Earth make it this far if those were in existence? Yeah. No, and, and, and it's the same thing that, like, I've said about their their heroes as well. Like, I think Superman is way overpowered and, you know, they've, they've like, rewritten and revamped and rebooted their fucking, their continuity like a dozen times it's like a stupid amount of times and i keep going okay are they gonna like fix these characters like are they gonna fix superman so he's at least a little bit more believable has a human element and they just keep rewriting in the old bullshit and i'm like do we not learn like he doesn't need to breathe freeze blasts he doesn't need to fucking eye beam like the dude can fly and he's bulletproof and he can punch you and you atomize like why does he need all that other shit? Why does he need to have new powers for every problem that arises? You know, it's, it's just nitpicking. But, you know, I'm, I've just, I'm like, if you're going to rewrite your fucking continuity, tone it down. When are you going to make a god? 
one of the things you got to wonder is what makes him a god. And is super speed, super strength, uh, super invulnerability, is that enough for you to be a god? Is that enough? Is there something I can think of that could kill that? And I think that's what their creators got trapped in. Right. Well, I could get out of that. Well, not if I had death rays. Well, I could get out of that. <laughs> right, well, not right. if I froze you in place in my breath. Right. <laughs> you know? And it's like, well, maybe you need to focus more on a better villain, a better class of character. Right. Truth is said that when you make a good character, he has to also have a nemesis. Dude. And a good nemesis makes a good character. It's yin and yang. That's why the only thing I'm excited about that DC is going to be putting out in the near future, not too long from now, is The Killing Joke. The, the animated The wow. Killing Joke, voiced by Mark Hamill. That shit, I'm excited for. Yeah, absolutely. Because you know, cartoons have the luxury of being able to, all the shit that they do in the comic books, all the shit, all the bad shit, evil shit that they do in the comic books, cartoons can get away with. Yep. Whereas with movies, you know, I think we're going to oh, yeah. see a little bit of a stray from that with Deadpool and the rated R bullshit. But movies still have to, like, you know, kind of package it for, you know, a couple million people to see and not be offended by. But cartoons, less investment, more true to the, the vision. And Joker was a motherfucker. And you want to talk about, like, legit bad guys? What, what are Joker's powers? Right. He's legit. Down to earth right. psychopath. Right. And here's the thing, though. I mean, like, Joker's not the only one, but he is the one that is most in your face. Yeah. Because what makes Joker good? Batman. Yep. Who would threaten the Gotham more than Joker? Nobody. But who would be able to stop a guy like that? Only Batman. It's It's got to be one of those people right. that would just step back and go, man, I don't know. Right. And and you got to see that now in terms of in terms of Marvel when you think back to the gem thing and all that I, I just want to say this that when you when you think of stuff like that the question would be naturally well what about the X Men and Apocalypse mm -hmm. right and the fact is is that that's why I've always liked X Men yeah they've had villains that have gone after the world and have done big things but you always see the X Men step in and take care of it and they've even written in the comics a couple times where they've done this you know the Avengers would be like well we're not being called in Xavier has it right. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's the X-Men's bag. They have it. They have that wrapped yeah. up. But we have bigger things to worry well, about. And, and that's the thing that I'm hoping that when they do the, uh, you know, the thing with Jessica Jones and Iron Fist, uh, when once the Defenders kind of ramps up, I'm hoping that the Defenders kind of take the place of where normally you'd find the X-Men because the X-Men are a team. The Avengers are a team. They don't work together, but they're both good guys. Right. And sometimes the Avengers just can't be bothered with that shit. And... But they talk about each other. They acknowledge the existence of one another in that world. They already and, did in Daredevil, didn't they? They mentioned uh, well, they mentioned Jessica the Jones. Whole, they, yeah, they yeah. mentioned the Avengers. Like they've 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 and made Avengers, allusions yeah. to the Avengers and all the shit that's gone on. Um, so so that's really cool. But I'm looking forward to it becoming more prominent. You know, yep. and you know the Guardians of the Galaxy once they interact. Like I'm I I I like that there are all these different teams in the Marvel universe and. They all serve their own function. They all serve their own purpose, and sometimes their paths cross, and we get a crossover, you know, geek term. Which would be good. Even if they didn't do a crossover, just even once it's a phone call. <laughs> right. Who, who wouldn't love to see Stark take a phone call from Iceman? Right, right. <laughs> so what do you need? Yeah, 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 yeah. Come by. I'll, I'll loan it to you. Right. Just, you know, usually, I'll put it on Chuck's account. It's cool. Right. Who's that? Don't worry about it. It's uh, X stuff. X stuff. Yeah. Right. Or, or, you know, Thor 
happens to get a phone call from Star Lord, right. and and you know <laughs> Star Lord's like, I don't know what's up with this guy. Like he keeps saying doth every other word, like <laughs> you know, like shit like that. Like that's the kind of shit I'm looking forward to. And Marvel's doing a really good job of building towards, you know, those little. You know the 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 talons kind of crossing over. But you know what they did smartly. They're slow playing it. Yeah, absolutely. They're not throwing it all in one film. Right. They're not trying to make a stew by throwing a fucking cow in the pot. Right. You know, and that's that's what DC's doing. That's what Warner Brothers is doing. They could have made a fucking film titled "The Death of Superman," and they they should they would have rivaled rivaled right. the sales Deadpool did. I guarantee it. There isn't right. a man alive. There isn't a person alive I don't know of that didn't hear about the death of Superman in the comic, didn't at least read it, or at least listen to people talk about it. Oh, it, it was huge. Can we imagine what and and, and to to like sort of waste it on like an end game like secondary kind of you know it, it just it seems like such a waste, you know it like they could have just had the Dark Knight Returns kind of plot line. They could have just had the death of Superman and and Batman still could have been in it. Batman still could have fit in. Yep. But no, no, it's just it's kind of the afterthought at the end. Uh, to me, it's it's a waste. And that's all I have to say about that. I agree. And we're two hours in, so I think we're going to wrap it up here. we got to stay nubile and do this weekly. Uh, hopefully we won't have any long fucking weird breaks in between again. But no, uh, we're yeah. Good. So um, uh, I'm working on setting up, uh, if people are still interested, I'm working on setting up the, the you know, what we did last podcast, or, you know, the, the argument shit. Oh, the, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And then uh, I'm also working on the female roundtable. That's rough. Um, I don't know. I, I kind of challenge the women that we know or any woman to step up and try to actually prove that you can match wits with well, each other i know krista is uh interested and uh um, yeah but that's one are you telling me krista is the only one with the ovaries to actually make it happen no i'm not telling you that i don't okay. i don't know i don't know who else i know i know uh liz is inv- interested but i i don't know look i don't mean intimidate and women are different i'm just saying that you know you're more than welcome to come you, you know i because whenever we they sit down in front of us they may do the party thing when we're at parties is when this is talked about the most and they always do the oh i would love to oh i'd be great oh yeah just let me know let me know okay and i know you undoubtedly you've told them undoubtedly you've let them know and it's like one of the things we've been saying it just feels like you know me the biggest problem people have with me is i'm a guy who says if you say something do it yep if you say something do it get it done <laughs> right <clears throat> well uh, I'm going to take the initiative since it's my podcast. I'm going to make a Facebook group, invite all my female friends, gamers, or whatnot, uh, you know, boy, girlfriend of gamers, and try to get a complete schedule. That's, that's the only problem I can, I can foresee is, you know, people are available at different days and different times. Scheduling, scheduling, that's understandable. Yep. Yep. But. So, you know, people are interested. People have said they're interested. I just haven't followed through yet because, you know, I just... You know, it's fucking lazy, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to wrap it up there. Any final words? Me? Uh, I'm still fucking Hank Pym. I, I, cool. Fuck him. I, <laughs> look, I even read, okay? So I, I won't. We've been, we're in a two-hour. I have reasons as to why I hate Hank Pym. And I'm telling you, you mention a useless person as an Avenger. Mm-hmm. None of them are more useless than Hank Pym. Well, luckily, Hank Pym is not an Avenger. And uh, Hank Pym is not even Ant-Man. It's an, I, I like the way they wrote them out. Yeah, yeah. It's I'm I'm good. That's why maybe I need to lay this to rest. Yeah. 
I well, think maybe a lot of you are too young to remember yeah, they, Hank Pym. Hank Pym's a wife beater. That's why we hate him. And that's that's where it is. And, and actually, also that's useless tits on a bull. That's that's actually legitimately the number one reason. Yeah. Why I started all this because I can't I can't beat him in real life because <laughs> he's fictional. Any man who lays hands <laughs> in his wife, in my opinion, gets gets give give me an hour with so that guy. Make sure Fucking that uh, make sure that you check us out on the website if you're listening through iTunes. It's utilitymuffinlabs.com. Uh, Utility Muffins on Twitter. Uh, Utility Muffin Labs on Facebook. Go to all those places. Like, share, do what you do normally. That way, more people will listen, and eventually, more people will give a shit about what we have to say. Prosper in life. Until next week, peace the fuck out. And smile. Later. I love you. Bye! Bye!